This is Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. Hey, what's up, everybody? Let's do this. Another afternoon on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Great to have you with us. Andrew Patterson with you, along with the CTO, Michael Remus. We've got a great show today. We will talk a lot of Jets. Jamie Thomas is going to join us from Jets HQ and, of course, Jets Radio 680 CJOB. Guys getting ready for a home broadcast tomorrow night to finish up the home portion of the preseason schedule and then finish up the exhibition sked Saturday night, also against the Calgary Flames, before getting going for real next Wednesday, Anaheim, California, against the Ducks in game one of 82. Of course, that game, no Mark Shifley. We'll get to that and what that may mean for the opening day roster, as well as the cap concerns. Paul, uh, Paul Maurice speaking just in the last few minutes today, um, so we'll get to that coming up with Jamie Thomas a little bit later on the program. And before that, the return of one Kevin O. And um, of course, we had Kevin on last year, right around the time we started this, because Kevin, in the midst of the chaos that uh, was left us on Pemina Highway, actually was popping in for some spot duty for the Winnipeg Ice, um, doing the uh, broadcast for them from Winnipeg. Thank God fans are back at the Ice Cave and everywhere right now. Ice had an amazing start to the season, crushing the Brandon Wheat Kings by a total, I believe, of 17-3 to in the home-and-home home series. So Kevin's going to come on. We'll get his thoughts on the big stories of the day with the Bombers and the Jets, of course, as well as uh, a huge weekend for the Winnipeg Ice. So uh, Kevin O coming up in a few minutes. It should be great. Jamie Thomas a little later on and a lot to get to. Uh, right off the bat, we have to thank the people that make this show happen, and that's our great family of sponsors, including our newest sponsor, Culligan Water, over at 1200 Sargent Avenue, Manitoba Battery, Royal Sports, Princess Auto, Little Brown Jug Brewing, Boston Pizza, Not Auto Corp, Canadian Club, and the Nick and Nicky DQ Group, and of course, our betting partner over at Cool Bet Canada. Speaking of Cool Bet, just finished the new lock shop with Dustin Nielsen a few minutes ago. If you haven't seen that, check my Twitter at Hustlerama. You can watch the video. Or if you're listening on the podcast, pop in the lock shop and make sure you subscribe. We've got new episodes Tuesday and either Thursday or Friday. Today we hit the weekend of the Canadian Football League, the Thursday nighter, the MLB wildcard games, a few NHL futures. Thursday evening show will be back all over the NFL. And uh, if I do say myself, it's a little hot right now. We went 5-0 and against the spread in the Circa contest, so the boys are happy about that. And now 9-3 and against the spread on the best bet so far. So uh, can't guarantee anything going forward, but it has paid to listen to the show so far through four weeks of the NFL schedule. All right, let's get to it. Michael Remus joins me now from WSTHQ. Remo, what is going on? How are you? Hustler, feeling great here on a Tuesday counting down. We are that much closer to jet season, but also great uh, bomber game coming up. And uh, if you're looking for some early hockey content, uh, Winnipeg Ice hosting Connor Bedard and the Regina Pats tomorrow here at, what, the Ice Den? The Ice Cave? Wayne Fleming Arena? The ice cave, uh, whatever at you want. Fleming Arena, the Max hockey, Bell, the hockey, University of Manitoba, yeah, the hockey arena at University of Manitoba. Whatever name you want to call it. So there is some buzz. I think one of my friends texted me, "Hey, Connor Bedard is going to be here tomorrow." Um, 
maybe we should check that out. I was like, yeah, that is interesting. You know, we're already talking about him. 2023 eligible for the draft. So he, he was the story of the year. I mean, Peyton yeah. Krebs was the player of the year, but it was Connor Bedard, Bedard that we were all talking about uh, with his debut in the bubble last season. And uh, he did play here in an exhibition game earlier that I know a lot of people went out and saw. Um, he, he's going to be must-see. And this kid, and all, well, I mean, I guess things can change, but the uh, projected number one overall pick, a potentially franchise-changing player in the National Hockey League if he continues to grow at the rate that he has so far because he is an absolute phenom. be a big test for the ice. We'll get to that a little later on. Hey, I got to give a shout-out to uh, Swanson in China who has tuned in from Colombia. What's going on, Swanson? Great to have you. I, we need to grow those Colombian numbers. So uh, tell your friends about Winnipeg Sports Talk. Great to have you here. Uh, and of course, everyone else that's here. People are fired up for KO. Love it. Love it. So uh, I'm actually pumped to talk to KO. He's such a great dude and can hit on all the topics we love to chop up here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. So we'll do that in just a few minutes with Kevin. Uh, but Remo, pretty hard not to talk about the big story when it comes to Winnipeg Sports today. And it's not anything from Jets practice. It's kind of something from bomber practice. The absence of Kenny Lawler, who was apologizing to his teammates first. We'll speak to the media later today after the team announced late last night that Kenny Lawler is suspended for Friday's game coming off a 200-yard game in the Bombers beatdown of BC because he was arrested for a DUI. And... Um, I mean, as I said yesterday, this is, I mean, so disappointing to have happen when everything is going so well for the football team and 100% avoidable. I mean, in 2021, in a city like this, um, you know, uh, you know, and for anyone, it's inexcusable. But, you know, for a guy with the means to, um, you know, to be able to get a cab, I believe Tapcar is an official sponsor of the Bombers. That service is available uh, or a friend. And I know Bomber fans have been saying, hey, we, we would drive these guys anywhere. I don't really think that's the solution for it. Uh, but there is some personal responsibility in it. From all accounts, I mean, I haven't heard this. And we will, if we get the audio later on, we'll play it for you here. Um, you know, very remorseful. And I think Kenny may, you know, have some issues with alcohol that he mentioned, you know, with the with the football team. But the bottom line is, um, it doesn't matter what your line of work is. Um, drinking and driving is incredibly dangerous, both to yourself and others. And, um, you know, he's going to have to pay the price for it. And, you know, it's funny that we're talking about this today. And I had to, you know, it was ironic that this news came out last night. Because I would say for about half of the show yesterday, uh, I certainly was, and I knew you were in on it, and everyone in the chat was talking about just how great this Bomber team is, how nobody can stop them. And I believe someone said the only thing that can stop the Bombers is the Bombers themselves. And this is the sort of thing um, that, you know, can really be problematic for a football team. But knowing Mike O'Shea, knowing the culture that he's created, Kenny Lawler's going to have to uh, take his medicine, pay the price for it. Um, you know, both with the football team as well as legally. Um, and it's going to be something it's going to take a long time to get over for him. But for a football team, it's going to be treated, I'm sure, like an injury. Uh, next man up. And of course, that next man is Nathan Rose uh, Roosevelt, Naaman Roosevelt, who's been sitting, biding his time on the Winnipeg Blue Bombers practice roster, waiting to get an opportunity to play in a game since he was signed. And Lawler and the rest of the receivers have been so good and so successful 
that, I mean, it was pretty hard to justify a change. Well, pretty easy to justify a change after the news we got last night from the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Yeah, so you uh, DM me the release that the Bombers put out there yesterday. And yeah, when I saw it, I mean, my first reaction was, I was uh, very disappointed to see that. There's, there's, as you said, there's no reason anyone should be drunk driving in 2021. Um, it's easier than ever to pick up your phone. As you said, Tap Car is a sponsor of the Bombers. Use Tap Car. Use one of the other apps. You'll call someone. Um, we all know that you have a couple of drinks. You don't operate a car. Um, what it, you know was a positive. You know, we look at the Bombers' statement here. If you that it seemed like Kenny Lawler, you know, informed this is according to the statement. He informed the team of his arrest for operating a motor vehicle while impaired early this morning. Fall upon further investigation, the club has suspended him for Friday's game and reported the incident to the league office. We take it very seriously and have spoken at length with Kenny throughout the day. Kenny recognized the seriousness of the situation and this type of behavior is unacceptable and inexcusable. He has agreed to seek assistance as it relates to alcohol abuse and has cooperated fully with police. So I think the Bombers, you know, putting out a statement and they're taking the appropriate steps. And I do think it's fair to suspend him here for, you know, for Friday's game. And then we'll see what happens. But we we're talking yesterday. OK, Naaman Roosevelt. He's, you know, as far as what it means for the football team, Neyman Roosevelt, um, what does this guy got to do to get into a game? We said, you know, the Bombers receivers are all rolling. No reason to make a change. You know, something unfortunate has happened and thankfully no one was heard from it. But we'll get a chance most likely to see uh, what Neyman Roosevelt uh, brings to the the Bombers and then we'll go forward. But um, I guess well, well done here by the Bombers. And, you know, I hope Kenny Lawler, you know, takes it seriously and um, gets the help that he needs and, and can come back from this. Yeah. I, and again, I mean, I don't know. I mean, how much credit the Bombers deserve right now. I mean, sure. they were faced with the situation and, you know, they've suspended him. I mean, that goes without saying that he wasn't going to be able to play in the game this weekend. Um, but they got out in front of it and they're doing their best to handle it. Though I, I do think that this organization, um, you know, with the people in charge of the football team and Kyle Walters and, and basically Mike O'Shea, the way he runs it. I mean, I think they'll be there for their teammate. Uh, I think that they will give him the opportunity to make amends within the locker room. Uh, I think he'll play again. Uh, you know, this is not, this is not something, you know, if this happens in another line of work, um, you know, I guess if you're a bus driver or a taxi driver, if you're driving for a living, it would, you know, significantly impact your ability to earn a living. Um, but it's not that, you know, you can't do anything in society after this while you're waiting to pay your price, but there is a price to be paid. Um, he won't be paid this weekend. He will be suspended. I'm not sure whether there'll be anything additional coming from the league. I guess that is, that's possible. And if that's the case, they'll have to, you know, suck it up and handle it. Um, but I do believe that there'll be an opportunity for him to come back. And, and what I personally hope, because I think we all know that, you know, people that have been touched by, uh, problems with alcohol and terrible decisions, whether it, you know, involves this particular, um, DUI, you know, drinking and driving or other things in their lives. Um, it's not the end. And Kenny Lawler is just too talented, a young man and has too much going for him, both on the field and off the field with the, you know, a young child, um, you know, to, to have these sort of things prevent him from being the guy that he can be. So I just hope that he gets the help that he needs and has apparently reached out for. I certainly think that the organization, his teammates, the coaching staff will be there for him. 
Um, and you hope that, you know, first things first, thank God no one was hurt. I mean, that, you know, that's the first thing when I hear anything like this, um, because these stories can be way worse. And I got to tell you, if people were hurt, then the conversation probably changes quite a bit. Um, it's a terrible, terrible mistake. Uh, it's something that, you know, as I said, you know, there's going to be repercussions for, but I don't think it's going to by any means mean the end of Kenny Lawler. And Remo, it's just, you know, it's a cautionary tale, I think, for everyone of how high you can be um, and then how low you can go so quickly afterwards. Because here we were yesterday talking about one of the great receiving performances um, in recent Bomber history, one of the best offensive performances by the team, top to bottom, Zach Caleros, what he's doing. And Kenny Lawler's been a big part of that. I mean, Bomber receivers were not even on the radar last year for receiving yards in the league. And there's Kenny Lawler at the top of the league right now. So, um, you know, in, in this, and especially in this world with social media and whatnot, um, people will build you up, but they can tear you down pretty quickly. And I think it's going to be up to him to, you know, to handle this like a man, to take this head on. It sounds like he's doing that. Um, and you hope that he will be better off for it. Uh, but the bottom line for me is thank God no one was hurt. And um, the organization will move on without Kenny Lawler for the time being. And when he comes back, um, you know, he'll probably have a spot in the lineup at some point. But he'll have to uh, have to prove off the field first that he's ready to go and be a member of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers as they chase a championship. Yeah, the Bombers, you know, hold members of their organization to a you know, high standard. And he did not, uh, you know, acted act appropriately uh, for sure there. You know, you talk about the Bombers and their offense. Uh, you know, CFL announced their players of the week. Uh, uh, Zach Kolaris, who had the you know the game, I don't want to say of his career. He had one other time where he threw for more yards. But he was one of the players of the, of the week, along with two members of the Ottawa Red Blacks, which I never thought I would say. <laughs> they Caleb, deserve it. They've been through a lot. Caleb Jones and... Uh, Devontae Dedman, uh, who's been an, had an amazing season, uh, returning kicks and punts. I'd like to see the Red Blocks. I know fantasy players want to see the Red Blocks use him in a more offensive role, dynamic player. But uh, shout out to Zach. I, you know, you talk about MOP. Who's going to be MOP? I think uh, Calaris probably leading candidate um, for MOP. I don't know. I was kind of I was kind of skeptical about him, Hus. But that was a game on Friday that. They needed to win. They needed to prove that they were the best team that they could beat. You know, they already proved against Saskatchewan twice. BC was knocking on the door. And it was an unbelievable uh, performance through the air, throwing for 417 yards. So uh, congratulations to Zach on being named the uh, CFL as a player, one of the three players of the week there. Yeah, uh, no doubt that Calaris was going to be the star of the week after what he had he did. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Ken, Kenny Lawler would have ironically been in conversation as well for that with the 200 yard game but uh the headlines about kenny lawler right now have nothing to do with 200 yards uh, against the british columbia lions and more to do with a a very very bad mistake that it's going to uh hang around him for a while and cost him a spot in the bomber lineup on the weekend but of course as we mentioned you know with adversity um, and issues on one side opportunity for others um, and we do expect Naaman Roosevelt to get his first start in blue and gold at home against the Elks. We'll talk about all this, Jets, and of course, the Winnipeg Ice after that ridiculous start to the season, sweeping the Brandon Weekings in just a couple minutes. Uh, I mentioned off the top, Culligan Water is now on board. I have, uh, many people have told me, Huss, you got to 
cut down on the diet Pepsi. Well, hydrating. I'm hydrating. I've got a nice little Ryder Cup water bottle that I brought back. Now there's quite a bit. You know, Kevin O, Kenny Weeb, these are, these are the guys I look up to in life. They're always drinking water. Um, and our friends at Culligan are here to help us out. Now, they, of course, help you fill your bottles. Um, but they are, they've been the water leaders in Winnipeg for 65 years. Uh, and, of course, they're family-owned. It's great to have the Stewart family and everyone at Culligan on board with us. You can find them at 1200 Sergeant. You can give them a call at 694-5180. Um, but, you know, they got water softeners and filters, whole home systems, drinking water systems, bottled water coolers, and bottle-free coolers, as well as water delivery services everywhere in the city of Winnipeg. And if you're thinking about maybe water needs for your business, give them a call. They've both got commercial and industrial water products and solutions. You can find out everything online at drinkculligan.com or give them a call at 694-5180. See them at 1200 Sergeant and get hydrated with the Culligan man over at Culligan Water. Of course, our friends at Manitoba Battery are, I, I, I realize Donnie and the guys are probably sitting around going, yeah, you know, it's great that we're doing a, a lot of fall specials on the maintainers for boats and your summer car right now. 20 bucks, by the way, a great deal. Good time to do it. So that sucker is good to go with one turn when you get out of the winter and ready to fire it up. Uh, but the winter is despite the fact that it's going to be 28 degrees on the way. And that means battery issues. Don't be the guy that waits till it's minus 35 to realize that you're screwed. Be proactive. And you don't even need to leave your house. You get the best price on a battery, the same one that you would get at a Costco or one of the big box stores for the best price delivered to your home with Manitoba Battery. Talk to them. 1026 Logan, if you're in the neighborhood, give them a call at 783-8787 or go to manitobabattery.com. And of course, they're the battery experts for everything automotive, industrial, farm, power sports, MediChair batteries, Sea-Doo's, sleds coming up. Donnie and the guys have got you covered, manitobabattery.com. And uh, I've been seeing a lot of blue and gold and a lot of Jets gear. People are fired up about the local teams. Jets, of course, have a number of new players. You can pop down to Royal Sports and get your new Nate Schmidt jersey or a Brendan Dillon 5 right now, uh, or maybe just some gear to wear to the games. Of course, the next game tomorrow night, bomber game on Friday. If you're needing anything when it comes to merchandise, Royal Sports has always been the kings of that. But for over 35 years, they have been the hockey superstore. And as you get ready to get back on the ice this year or a young one in the family, one stop will take care of everything you need. And they've got the hockey experts working to help you out and make those right decisions. Royal Sports, 750 Pemina Highway. And you can also follow them online or over at Instagram at Royal Sports Pemina. All right, let's talk some pucks. The ice had an amazing start to the weekend. Uh, the Bombers are on top of the CFL, though dealing with some stuff off the ice. And of course, we've got an exciting jet season coming up. Who better to chop up all that with than our good friend Kevin Olszewski, who is now not only the broadcast host for the Winnipeg Ice, but also doing a little color with our old pal Munzee. KO, what's good? Great to have you back on the program. Back in the rink, Huss. If I'm excited about anything, it's that. Notice my dog Iggy in the way back. I don't know if you can see him on your screen. I am. But uh, he jumped in here. He's so fired up for it. Yeah. Uh, color commentary. It's hard to keep up with Munzee, right? He's calling a game that really isn't happening. You can't really see it. It's like, Munzee, where are you going with this? Uh, all, all jokes aside, of course, uh, it, it had we had a lot of fun on the weekend. It was, a, you know, um, 
yeah, 17 goals. I was still writing them down. Like my hand was sore. I couldn't keep up uh, writing down the scoring summary and trying to figure out and host the post game show and say, well, this kid had the, these po-. like you, you couldn't keep up with goals and assists. It was ridiculous. Um, Brandon was a little shorthanded. So I, I were very excited uh, on behalf of the Winnipeg guys. Great start. You love crushing your rival's soul on opening weekend. Nothing feels better uh, than filling the nets on them. But uh, well aware that Ridley Gregg, uh, you know, soon to be suspended in the NHL, is going to return from Ottawa. He's on his way back. And Brad Highland, they've got a, a number of injuries too. So they only had three lines. They only had 6D that they had available to them. Uh, so they, they were pretty shorthanded and the ice took full advantage. And I'm guessing that Manitoba rivalry, the battle of Manitoba will be very tight uh, down the stretch uh, come the end of the season as it normally is, which makes it fun for us. Right? Yeah. Well, I mean, the points all count. So it's a great start for the ice, but you know, it, it is important to mention some of those uh, circumstances <laughs> that went in. Um, but from the same time, I mean, I don't see Matt Savoy on the game sheet. I mean, that's going to be, I mean, a guy that is uh uh, well, I mean, what is he? I think Bob McKenzie had him ranked seventh in uh, in the, the the preseason scouting. So he'll be a player that people will really be looking at. But I mean, if we're going to talk about the ice weekend, I think we got to talk about Owen Peterson, player of the week in the WHL. Six points, three and three in the first two games. Um, it, it seems like every time we pay, take a look at a new version of the ice, there's other players that have sort of graduated into leadership roles. And let's face it, there's a big, big hole with this club with Peyton Krebs, last year's WHL Player of the Year, and really the guy that had been the leader of this club since they came from Kootenai, no longer on the squad. Incredible depth on this team, and you're going to see it. You saw it over these two games that every line was contributing, right? It wasn't just one line driving the bus. But we talked about it a ton last year, Huss. It's about legacy, right? Peyton Krebs left the legacy with the Winnipeg Ice. You want a successful organization. You need to build a winning culture. You need to build it around kids, uh, you know, young men that play the game like pros that are going to go on to the pros and, and have great careers and do great things. Peyton Krebs was that guy, but but he left. There is, you know, all kinds of remnants of his leadership lurking around that room. And Owen Peterson is a very good player in his own right. He's six foot three, right? He's a big bodied guy, played with Krebs, played with McKinnon, McLennan, uh, Connor McLennan, and he's back with him now. Uh, but those guys get to step up and, and now maybe get the, the, the due that they were deserved maybe before. He wasn't just riding coattails with Peyton Krebs, although he learned a lot from him. Uh, you know, all the credit to those guys who were remaining because you put Bob McKenzie's rankings out, as you said, Matt Savoy at seven, Connor Geeky at five. All the scouts are coming to see all these guys, right? What about the guys that were here last year that were ripping it up and for the last couple of years that maybe underwhelmingly went under the radar a little bit? Jake and Smallwood's another guy, right? Uh, another uh, veteran forward that they've got that are very important members of that team and members of that dressing room. More importantly, you're talking about junior hockey players, right? So you got, you know, Connor Geeky, 16, 17 years old comes in. Uh, he there's, there's no questioning his skill level, right? And there's no questioning. I don't think in a lot of ways, he's going to be a great NHL or he's got the huge frame. He's got soft hands. He does it all. He's engaged, but there's those little tricks to the trade that you got to learn along the way. You learn those from the other players. You learn those from the vets that you're around. And those players and Peyton Krebs in hindsight is going to help a guy like Connor Geeky moving forward. And Matthew Savoy, I know there's lots of people. And these are, this is the question I get. What he only had two, he had two apples and a 10 to win over Brandon on Friday and nothing on Saturday night in front of the home crowd. Well, 
Peterson had four points and he's playing on his line. And McLennan, it was just one of those things where uh, he cracked three posts on the weekend, uh, crossbar, two posts. Uh, he's right there. Uh, the numbers aren't there yet. Uh, be a little bit patient about him coming back and finding some chemistry with McLennan and Peterson. It's there uh, and the points are going to come all in good time. So uh, no issues with his game, how he's playing, where he's at. Uh, it's going to be a real fun year in the ice cave. Bus. You know, I did misspeak on Savoy. It's just that I had to go so far down the scoring to get to a guy that had two points in two games. It, it just speaks to how nuts that was. But, um, you know, he's an interesting player. I mean, he was the one that, you know, applied for the exceptional player status as a 15-year-old. Um, wasn't with the team last year. Played some in the in the uh, the USHL. Got um, more games in, Huss. That's what yeah. that was about, right? That totally. Was the ability to play. In the dub hub. And they didn't know if they were going to pull it off or how it was going to go. Had the offer to go to the US, USHL and, and play you know, whatever it was, 50 games or, or 45 games, whatever it was, and get that valuable experience. He he felt that was best for his development. Um, you know, and, and so you let the kid go, right? It was a strange time. It was a crazy year. So happy he came back. Winnipeg Ice are obviously very happy that he came back. But he came back because he can also see this is going to be a hell of a hockey team. And I mean, you've got, you know, not just Western Hockey League aspirations, you've got Memorial Cup Cup aspirations. And, and hopefully that all plays out and we can get everything in. I mean, we had fans in the in the ice cave on Saturday night. People are double vaxxed. All the good stuff of us getting back to normal. I think he sees this as a huge opportunity. And, um, you know, the third line for the Winnipeg Ice, Skylar Bruce has three goals. Like, it's ridiculous. And he's slotting in with Zach Benson, who's another 16-year-old kid who's ridiculous. They have a 17-year-old unproven goaltender between the pipes this weekend. They got Gage Alexander back today from Anaheim camp. That's, uh, you know, six foot seven goaltender who's drafted. But uh, Daniel Hauser was outstanding, stopped two penalty shots in the same game on Friday night. So you win the game 10-2, right? Um, but at the time, in the first period, it's Nolan Ritchie, it's Nate Danielson, two best skilled forwards in Brandon's lineup. He faces and stares down and stops two penalty shots in a 2-1 hockey game on Friday night at West Oba Place in Brandon. Things could have gone way different if he doesn't make those saves. So all the credit to the offense, all the credit to how good this team has been. Uh, but the uh, little goaltender that could got it done as well. And that'll be underplayed when you see the final score of those games. Now, uh, uh, you laid it up pretty well. I mean, this ice team is stacked. And, and, I'm, and maybe we'll get to this in a minute. But when we talk about the expectations for the Jets this year, the talent on the moose that hasn't been there in a long time, and the talent on the ice you could make an argument that this might be for a hockey fan, one of the best years ever to be able to go out and attend games with just how good all of the teams could be going forward. But the great thing about the WHL is you're not only seeing the home team, you're seeing the visitors come in and uh, you know where I'm going with this one. Mm. Who's um, here on Wednesday? Yeah. Mm. Connor Bedard coming in tomorrow night. Now I know he was here for the, uh, uh, for in the exhibition season. Not sure whether you caught that game, but sure did. Fill, well, fill us in on what you've seen. And we've seen a lot of tape. I know some of the folks in the chat went to that game and got a chance to see firsthand. Um, he is in a lot of ways, the talk of the league right now. And I'm sure that'll get the ice that much more up to uh, play the Regina Pats. But um just your views on uh, what people will see when they come to see this 16-year-old phenom at the ice cave. Well, he's not one of those guys that just kind of piles up points quietly. He does everything <laughs> in spectacular form, right? It's, it's very um, Connor McDavid-ish, 
not the speed, right? McDavid kills you with speed, and then he's got the hands that he can do it all. Uh, you understand how exceptional of a player he is. Bedard's kind of uh, does everything well, like more. You know, talk about Shane Wright, who had the exceptional status, and he's very much a Sidney Crosby clone, and that's what he wants to be, the two-way player. Um, Bedard is is probably right now in stature, a little closer to that. Uh, but what he is is a ridiculously accurate shooter. He's got a real hard shot for a kid his age, obviously. Um, uh, but he just sees the ice, and, and he commands it. And he makes something out of nothing, like McDavid, right, where you're just like, oh, he, he's just – you didn't really notice him. He's uh, he's along the wall, and all of a sudden he's got the puck, and boom, it's in the back of your net. And you're like, how the hell did that happen, right? Like, what did this kid do? And he rips a shot, whether it's late in a shift. Um, he, he's setting up his line mates. He makes the players around him better. And Regina probably, you know, not the deepest team. Like, when you compare lineups between the ice and the Regina Pats right now, uh, my word, the ice have, you know, 10 times the, the depth uh, of scoring glut. But that's the equalizing force, how good Bedard is. And Connor Geeky is a great player. And Zach Benson is a great young player as well. And, you know, they were, I think they were within eight, six to eight points of him in the bubble. And everybody went off on, on how great Bedard was because he was ripping it up and only Peyton Krebs could hold him off for the scoring race. And he left for the U18s as well, right? So uh, Connor Bedard missed the last couple of games of that. Uh, he, he's an incredibly electric, exciting player. He kills penalties. He's on the power play. Like they're using him in, in every situation. They're they're getting the most out of this kid because he's not going to be in the dub for long. Huss, the first opportunity uh, we know, and he's here for an extra year. So uh, as I, my recommendation, to everybody has been like savor it because you're not going to. I think they play eight times this year, so you got four times at the ice cave. Check it out because next time he's going to be, you know, uh, he'll be late at an NHL camp. He'll be at a prospects game. He'll be playing with Hockey Canada, whatever the situation. You never know when players suffer minor injuries, that kind of stuff. Uh, get your eyes on this kid uh, while you still can because uh, you'll be paying big bucks to see him play against the Jets in a couple years' time. Hey, um, hey, hey, Remo, actually, I'm just thinking about this. I just saw Miller Time, a 1980 just dropped in the chat. Going tomorrow night with the fam, looking forward to it. Should be a great game. Uh, Remo, text Munzee, see if he wants to do a pair of tickets. We could do something at the end of the show or a little bit later on to get a couple of our listeners into the game. Um, but uh, just before we move on from the ice, we had Connor McLennan on, I think it was last week. He had just come back from Flyers camp. Great interview, really well-spoken young man, exciting future ahead for him. He was talking about the uh, the camp. How many ice right now do you think are on the radar for a potentially maybe being a part of Team Canada at Christmas time, KO? Oh, see, I didn't even put that into context. Uh, you know, there's going to be a whack of um, like Geeky, Savoy. Hey, Owen Peterson is a, is going to be an interesting case, right? One of those 19 year olds in, in junior hockey that, um, you know, he's six foot three. He's a big body he finishes. He does everything really well. Um, you know, is he at that level um, by reputation? Probably not, but if he's scoring like he has, right. And he's playing with Matt Savoy, maybe uh, those players get kind of that late invite. Uh, Carson Lambos is obviously going to be a, if he's not a lock, I'd be shocked. He had a he had quietly. I say quietly. He was the first star on Saturday night, and he had three points. Um, but you, you could see him just kind of start to come into his own and, and lead things from the back end. They're going to have, uh, you know, 
maybe Christmas time they're they're a little shorthanded and they go through what Brandon went through this opening weekend, right? So goes around, comes around in junior hockey. Uh, when you put it that way, uh, Haas, it. But what it is, it's a good thing, right? You can get that experience if you can go and and rip it up in in Edmonton and Red Deer and and hopefully have fans in the stands and and get that whole experience. Uh, man, it would be a heck of a lot of fun. But uh, Geeky's a fun player to watch. He's he's big. He, he's got that little, you can tell that, you know, his brother plays in the show, right? And, and bounced around and with Carolina now with Seattle Kraken um, in Morgan that he, he he's, comes from a hockey family and, and athletes in the family. So nothing phases him, right? He got in a, he got in a dust up on, uh, on Friday night, uh, didn't back down from that, uh, went at it with Logan Hammett of the Wheat Kings. Uh, scored a minute into the home opener, like just timely goals. And he's that big body guy that uh, when he starts moving, he takes one stride to the most guys in the league's three, right? So you're like, oh, he's not going that fast. And he just blew your doors off. How did Geeky get in behind coverage, right? And then he's got the silky smooth mitts to lift it over top. So uh, I don't know if he would be a lock, but he's definitely going to get a look at an underager in a U19 tournament. He's only 17. He's going to have to, you know, put up some ridiculous numbers, but he's done it so far. I know we're only a couple of games in, but uh, it, they'll be on the radar at the very least. Huss. Absolutely. Well, exciting things happening out at the Ice Cave tomorrow night. Connor Bedard and the Regina Pats coming to town. Now, of course, you can find out more information at WinnipegIce.ca on tickets and whatnot. Get out there. Great opportunity to see. Uh, a young man that we'll probably be talking about for years in hockey circles right here in his 16-year-old year. And, yeah, we will do a pair of tickets a little bit later on, so make sure you just stick around for that. Thanks, um, Uncle Munzee. Yeah, Uncle Munzee's got the uh, taking care of us. So it was great. We had some fun, and people were really fired up to go to the game. Got some great feedback from the people that did win the seats last week on Monday's show. So um, I certainly think people should put that on their to-do list this season if you haven't gone out and seen the ice so far. Uh, Kev, I want to ask you about the Jets. Uh, but first off, we this should be talking about this incredible bomber team that is doing things we haven't seen in so long. Um, you know, it's somewhat ironic after how we gushed about everything, justifiably so yesterday on the program, that here we are talking about Kenny Lawler, not because he had, you know, a career game against the BC Lions, but because he got arrested for a DUI. Um, you know, yeah, you fired out the text, Haas, to, hey, Kevin O, can you come on? Oh, we need our token idiot. Let's get someone who's got <laughs> bad decision-making skills. He's our expert in that area. Let's bring him on and ask him about doing stupid things, right? And I was like, oh, I can see the connection. I, was like, yeah, I smell what you're cooking. Absolutely not. But, um, I mean, just uh, it, it, incredibly disappointing, I guess, from uh, everyone's perspective. I mean, uh, no excuses for it, something that's 100% avoidable. And, uh Anyway, and, and really puts, you know, he's put himself in a tough situation in that you've got a veteran receiver like Naaman Roosevelt that's been sitting there waiting for an opportunity. And Kenny Lawler just opened up the door and gave someone else an opportunity. He's not going to be in the lineup. I mean, I just, what do you make of the situation? And, you know, how I do have confidence that Mike O'Shea is all business, as will everybody else on that team being going forward. But certainly it's something that the team hates to be dealing with right now when we should be talking about a team that could be on the verge of doing something incredibly special well and in this day and age and we know that you know you want your athletes to be role models and we speak out and the organizations pride themselves and you know being good upstanding members of the community when stuff like this happens uh there's no hiding it there's no disguising it maybe back in the 80s this would have been 
you know, buried in a headline and, and or, or in a byline or it wouldn't be mentioned at all. Or covered up. Right? Yeah. Like <laughs> it just you wouldn't hear about it. Right. Um, that's not the case now. So you face it head on as the blue bombers are going to try to do. And now, you know, what's done is done. You apologize. It's stupid. It's. Uh, it's a huge problem, obviously, uh, for the team. But now they try to manage it, right? Now it becomes a PR situation like everything else. And, you know, uh, he's a valuable member of the team. So this is not a, you know, backup to the backup to the backup or heaven forbid a kicker in this town, the way things have gone uh, since <laughs> Justin Medlock uh, pulled up uh, all due respect to Ali Mutata, I think, who was pretty good uh, over the weekend in BC. Um, you know, you the team is going to be torn on this, right? They take a PR hit. You don't want to look like you're supporting or encouraging this type of activity. You have to levy some type of punishment. They've done that. They've tried to, you know, get in front of it, as they say, and, and suspend him and, and, and treat it um, seriously, which they have. So that is a positive. Uh, the reality is in this day and age, that's not enough for most people, right? You are canceled for far less than this. Uh, you know, we bring you to this community to play football and to thrill us. And, and, but there's a lot of other guys who can do that as well. And as good as you are, um, you know, you, you break the law when you come up here. And for some people, that's a deal breaker, right? My, my kid watches this. My kid's got a Jersey, whatever. Um, this is what, this guy did. I, I don't want to be associated with that. I don't want my team to, uh, to put that guy back out on the field. He should be cut. He should be sent home. That should be the end of it. You know, where do I fall on that scale? You know, people make mistakes. People do dumb things. People pay their penance uh, as they certainly should. Um, and, and their punishment, you know, should you be fired off, you know, into the sun for every poor judgment and, and every bad thing that you do. I don't live like that or, or wouldn't want to be treated like that uh, at the same time you know like like the team you're torn right it, dude dude messed up he messed up hugely is this going to derail this team i don't think so because i know the leadership with that team michael she won't let it you mentioned the coach but you know the other players in there and and if it results in him getting cut if it results in him coming back in and you know becoming is you know how this goes Hoss, right you get treatment if treatment is necessary and you become a spokesperson and a role model and, and you teach kids, listen, I thought I was on top of the world. I was the best player in the CFL. I thought I was unstoppable. He and, literally was on top of the world oh, coming out of that game on Friday night. So, so now your message has to be, and you know what? I screwed up and, and, and this is how I dealt with it. Right. So all you can do once you make that mistake is prove what kind of person you are by how you deal with it. You know, are you suspended for two games? Does the league suspend them? You know, uh, uh, there's lots of clauses in player contracts mm -hmm. about, you know, uh, upstanding members of this, the, the community and all that kind of stuff. Um, but but how you deal with it, how you face it, how you handle it uh, is a big part of that. And, you know, you're halfway through the season or just over halfway. So the reality is you have time to deal with it. Um, and you have time to see if uh, you can sort things out. It's it's frustrating, right? Because it's just like seriously, like it's just so avoidable. Oh, just think it's about just, the guys in the oh. in the front office when they got the when they got the call about this. Like you have got to be kidding me! And exactly. you know what? Hey, it's professional football. It's a mercenary sport. The contracts aren't guaranteed. 
I mean, you kind of said it. I mean, if this is a, you know, a backup or a guy on the practice roster, this is probably dealt with differently as in beat it. Um, you know, Kenny Lawler's going to have an opportunity to make amends and he'll have an opportunity to get back up at the lineup at some point, whenever that is. Um, and it'll be up to him to both on the field and off the field, do the right things and, you know, make a point that he's a valuable member of the team and be a valued member of the community after a really, really tough mistake. You know, what goes, you know, what goes on like on the field, Haas, right? Can you imagine what the other players are going to be like? You're that dumb. Like you think you're getting chirped. Oh, you, you, and and you get in a guy's head and all of a sudden you you lose that confidence. You get rattled. You you know, it's all, it's all blown up. And all of a sudden you're not the same guy that you were because you've given everybody this, you know, it's free shots, right? And, and that's not good for Kenny Lawler as an individual, let alone everything yeah, else that he's yeah. going to have to deal with. He's distracted. You've got, you know, a, you know, police knocking on your door, bringing you home or whatever the case is. Uh, and, and you start worrying about, have I screwed up my whole life, my whole livelihood by this one, you know, hopefully one dumb mistake that, that will never happen again. He, that gets into a guy's head. And all of a sudden, even if he does come back, maybe he's not the same player, right? Maybe you don't want him. Yeah, we certainly hope that that's not the case. No, um, I don't. But as, but aside from aside from Lawler, I mean, you've covered sports in this town for a long time. Um, you know, with what was announced last night, notwithstanding the body of work through eight games, I mean, where do you put this Bomber team up uh, up against? How how good are they historically? When was the last time that you can remember a team that we could compare to the 2021 version of the Blue and Gold? Well, I know 2011 was the last time they were seven and one, right? And that was a pretty darn good team. We know how it ended, and and we're sad about that. But it all comes back to the defense, right? It's it used to be well, it's all defense, right? And in some it ways, it was all defense in 2011. <laughs> yeah, but in, in some ways, it's still yeah. Except you had Kari Jones and Mill Steele, so yeah, sure it was, right? No, 2001. Oh, 2011. 2011. They literally dragged that offense. Yeah. Yes. You know, from the seven and one the start, day, yeah. that was the with, swag, the with, Swaggerville crew. Without a doubt, but that's not the case with this team, right? Not They're at all. As deep uh, in every position, and maybe that's going to get tested now. And every team has to go through adversity, and theirs is going to come off the field because it's not coming on the field this time. Uh, no, it's it's ridiculous how deep they are. And you know, uh, you meant I mentioned the kicking. That's the only. You know, you're really picking nits, right? When you get to that point, yeah. and you, and you're like, well, yeah, this happens. Like, well, except most games, you haven't even needed to rely on it. You know, you're going to. You know how the CFL works. You know, in a playoff game, you, you need to control uh, both field position and be able to kick that game-winning field goal. And and but they've got time to work through that. But just absolutely dominant, and it's been it. Dare I say, Haas, that it's almost a little boring because you know how good they are. (laughs) Like, so you just, now I just expect them to, you know, like there's, there's no danger in the game and the scores haven't been ridiculously lopsided. Right. And now you see Zach Laris's numbers last week and you know, where he's, he's getting up to, and he's just building up to that. Like what an eight one as a starter here. So, um, but as we all know, it is the CFL. You're one hit away. Right. From you know your your quarterback and is so key in this game and clearly he's a great leader and and you hope that you can 
kind of handle any kind of adversity that's thrown your way. But it, it is Winnipeg. Things never go perfectly here, Huss, does it? I mean, at, at any given point. So Exhibit A last night. Exactly. There's going to be some speed bumps, so buckle up and, and enjoy the ride. But no, absolutely outstanding. And you know what? It's it's fun. Like, you know, like I, I said, for the Winnipeg Ice to beat Brandon back-to-back and blow them out, you know, to do what they did in the Banjo Bowl and Labor Day against Saskatchewan, like just the – the change in in attitude about it is uh, is refreshing, and it's 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 awesome. No, but it, I just now now I hope something like this isn't like. Are you kidding me? This is what derails them. I don't think it will. We both said that, uh, but real fun, real fun team to watch on both sides of the ball, right? Like that's almost what's you see what Nick Dembski can do, right? Yeah. And some of the plays that he's well, the made. hometown guys too. I mean, that like the, you know, listen, we've talked before about just how monumental getting Andrew Harris to come here, but you know, having Dembski and then having guys like Adam Big Hill essentially put down roots and make their home. I mean, Pretty easy team to cheer for, um, you know, with what happened last night notwithstanding. Hey, before we go, we've talked about the the kicking issues of a team that doesn't give up 10 points a game, so it seems not to be an issue. Um, what about the backup goalie situation in Winnipeg uh, with, the, uh, with the Winnipeg Jets? Kind of funny, after all of our conversations on the old station and the, the list of things that people freaked out about, that... Right now, this is pretty much where we're uh, where we're at right now. Kevin Chevaldeoff had a monster summer. You get Brendan Dillon in here. You uh, you, you obviously um, get Nate Schmidt as well. Two more additions to the top four. You bring everyone back. You sign Pionk. You sign Kopp, albeit to a one year deal. Um, now, right now, it seems like what's going to be what are we going to get out of Pierre Luc Dubois this year and is Eric Comrie good enough to hold it down for the backup job what am I missing here Kevin where are you out on the Jets going into next Wednesday uh those are 100% the storylines and, and uh with all due respect to Eric Comrie in the backup goaltending position Pierre Luc Dubois to me is, is a bigger storyline because if he's good I don't think any of this matters I think they, they can steamroll the you know the lesser lights of the league with him in the net are you is he going to win a ton of games Probably not. Um, but as long as the team feels confident, they can play in front of them and know what it is. We know what Connor Hellebuck's like, right? He would play every single stinking game if you could give him the opportunity to. He doesn't care. He wants it. I know it's an Olympic year. He's going to lead Team USA, uh, you know, to some, you know, uh, silver medal, if you will, uh, against Team Canada. We'll, we'll allow him to do that. So he's going to play a ton. Um, it's good. You're going to be nervous every night that he's in. I understand that. Um, but when I look at cap friendly and I look at, you know, how that all plays out and what you have in your lineup, because you're not paying Lauren Brossois what the Vegas Golden Knights are pay- paying. Um, so, you know, so measure that drop off, right? It's not Lauren Brossois versus Eric Comrie and what they have now stick an extra million dollars on that and take a million dollars out of the lineup elsewhere, be it one defenseman, right? Like, or, or, um, you know, if it's Dylan or Schmidt, you can only add one of those guys. All of a sudden, do you think the Jets have done enough on the back end? No, you don't. Nobody's talking about them as a contender. They're like, well, they got a little bit better, but they're still, you know, struggles are going to be real unless a kid can step up and, and do something. So uh, to me, it it is what it is. You play in a salary cap world. You know Connor Hellebuck is going to play 55 to 60 games. You're like, can we get eight wins? Can we get you know, six wins out of Eric Comrie will probably be okay. 
and he, he's not going to play in the in the playoffs because Connor Hellbuck's going to be the guy, and that's the horse we're going to ride. So uh, I, I get it. It's uh, it's going to make for some white knuckling around the. Uh, yeah, he, he's going to get the opportunity to play. And listen, if it goes terribly for five or six or seven games, maybe they go. I had to laugh, Kevin, thinking about the old roundtable days for both you and Rick. I've already seen like five comments. Hutch has been put on waivers. The waiver wire is a hot place right now when people. But you know what? This is the time when you can get those guys for nothing, you know, at a cheap spot. And I think if they were in the position where they figured they had to move on that, now would be the time to do it. I don't expect that to happen. And I think Comrie will be given the opportunity to show that he can do the job for them. And, you know, if at a month or two months down the road, they have to reevaluate that, Kevin Cheveldayoff will. But I think it's pretty clear that, you know, the coach and the organization are confident that Eric Comrie will be a guy that, you know, they can count on when it goes. And whether or not that's the case, we're going to find out when the NHL regular season gets going. Exactly, without a doubt. And I mean, when you look at other teams and look at their tandems with how good Connor Hellebuck is, um, you know, weighted into that equation as well. I still like Winnipeg's goaltending, right? You can be nervous when Eric Comrie's in there, but I'd rather have Miko Koskinen and Mike Smith, who's 108 years old and giving it away behind the net. No, I wouldn't, even if I had Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. So uh, sign me up for that. Uh, I'll, I'll ride with these guys like the Jets are. Uh, that's the strategy. I'm okay with it uh, because Connor Hellebuck is so darn good. You know what? That- that That's ice. other questionable ideas, but hey, <laughs> yeah. we won't get into that because we'll be in huge trouble. <laughs> uh, that ice shirt's looking good on you. Of course, folks, you know where the games are on our old station, 1290 on the AM dial. I wouldn't suggest listening to anything other than the ice broadcast, but Kevin and our old pal Brian Munns are doing a great job. For 7 o'clock games, what time are you guys going on, doing a little bit of pregame beforehand, and uh, fill us in on uh, what you guys have cooking up for uh, tomorrow night with the Pats coming to town? 6.30, half an hour before every puck drop. So the away games that are out uh, west, 8 o'clock starts. There's a few of them coming up uh, on a road trip. It'll be 7.30 that we're on the air. And then we kick around for about 40, 45 minutes after each game till uh, 10 o'clock for home games. Uh, that are starting at seven o'clock. So, and Munzee and I kind of uh, bounce back and forth. Uh, we've had Mike Sawatsky from the Freep jump on for some intermissions, uh, and we've got uh, the intro, the game intro. If you haven't heard it, because there's only been two games, I won't hold it against you out there. Uh, Munzee hooked us up with Jared Stoll reading uh, some, some great lines. Uh, about being an ICE alumni in the Hall of Fame. So uh, it really sets the stage. It's a lot of fun. And then we also, uh, in addition to the broadcast, doing the Icebreaker podcast show that you can see on the website, uh, uh, winnipegice.ca. So you can find all your links through there. Uh, but uh, check us out. It's going to be a fun year. Lots of goals to talk about, man. Get to the website for both the content and to pick up tickets. Pat's in town tomorrow night. Ice off to a 2-0 start after blowing the doors off the Wheaties in games one and two of the regular season. KO, great to chat again, my friend. Keep up the great work and uh, say hi to Munzee. I'll do what I can, Huss. <laughs> right on. There he is, Kevin Olszewski, at Sports Kevin O on Twitter. And uh, yes, uh, quarterbacking the broadcast along with Munzee over at 1290 for Winnipeg Ice Hockey this year. They're back on the ice tomorrow. All right, we're going to get to the Jets. Jamie Thomas is coming up in just a second. 
Uh, do want to give a big shout out to our friends at Princess Auto for their great support of Winnipeg Sports Talk. Of course, a national company, uh, but roots right here in Winnipeg, family owned, built here in the city of Winnipeg. Um, and they are, you know, the spot that, you know, you'll get the best deals on the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around. You find everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new at Princess Auto. Uh, they pride ourselves on helping you create the ideas in your head, whether for your shop, your worksite, or home. Princess Auto knows you love finding the right tools and equipment to build or repair your things yourself. Uh, you can go to one of the two locations in Winnipeg or shop online 24 hours a day over at princessauto.com. And, of course, Princess Auto, proud supporters of Curling in Manitoba, sponsors of the Mike McEwen rink, the Jen Jones rink. We'll follow them going into the Olympic trials next week, and we will do weekly curling updates for Princess Auto here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Little Brown Jug's got a lot going on right now. We told you about the new beer they just launched, the Double, and the Black Lager is back as well. Uh, the tap room, of course, and the patio rocking all week long. They've got live entertainment coming up on the 8th as well. Uh, if you're not already following Little Brown Jug on social media, LBJ Brewing on Twitter, at Little Brown Jug. Get all the information, but uh, right now you can get it online at littlebrownjug.ca or pop down and see them live in person at William Avenue. And if you're not going to the arena tomorrow night, you know you're going to be watching the Winnipeg Jets, and there's no better place to do that than Boston Pizza, a great supporter of the Jets and Moose, place where we did our pregame shows all those years back in the olden days. And uh, Boston Pizza, whether it's for the National Hockey League, NHL, CFL, best lounge to watch games in, all the big screens with the big sound, not to mention those schooners, wings, pizzas, and more. And if you're staying home, hit them up online at bostonpizza.com and order for delivery. All right, Jets, one sleep away from getting back on the ice for a home preseason game, the final one before they begin the regular season the following Wednesday. One more trip out to Calgary on Saturday. Let's get the latest on the Jets with Jamie Thomas from Jets Radio 680 CJOB and Jets TV. JT, what's going on? How are you? Dude, just, you know, waiting for the preseason to end. This is like the long, we got so used to no preseason a uh, little quick training camps. So we got spoiled in that department, but uh, it's it's been nice to see a lot of new faces. Uh, clearly, they made some cuts yesterday, some roster moves that to guys that we pretty much expected weren't going to make the team. But it's nice to see Jeff Malott, I thought, looked pretty good in the games he got in. Um, very impressed with what he what he did over the little stand here. And Mikhail Burden finally get to see him play a game with the Jets too. So there is some service and some use for preseason, but man, I'm ready to get to Anaheim and start doing this for real. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, let's get to practice. The team was mm. off yesterday, of course, a couple games back to back on the weekend in Edmonton and Vancouver came back a day off, back at practice today with a much smaller group. Um, how different was it with the with just the one group with all those players today? It kind of seems like it's the second stage of training camp and now we're really into the short strokes before things get going for real a week from tomorrow in Southern California. Yeah. And full credit to the jets for, you know, with training camp and having the groups all at once instead of, you know, they're on multiple ice services, but not dragging out the full day for having one group at a certain time and the second group going to the other time. But yeah, it's, it's much, it's, it's like an NHL practice. Now 
it was 50 minutes today. There's some power play time, but it was, you know, you, you see the lines that we're getting, we're going to see basically without injuries happening uh, as the season gets closer and closer. Clearly there's six guys fighting over said amount of spots up front. And then it's, you know, it's starting to clear out a little bit. We, we knew who's going to be on the blue line. There's no question about it when this comes up and to have the two goalies in that question, that's out the window. That never was a conversation either. So it was, it was a long way of saying practices back to normal and to see the power play unit shave out the way they were. That was kind of a couple of things that stood out today. Hey, uh, uh, first things first, let's talk about Logan Stanley. Um, yeah. He, you know, and Maurice said after the game that he, he didn't seem to be too concerned. He said mm-hmm. this certainly felt like it was precautionary, but at the same time, no Logan Stanley today. Uh, I know Coach Maurice spoke afterwards. Uh, are we talking day to day? Is there any worry? So it doesn't seem like there's much worry unless there's a setback that the big guy is going to be in the lineup for game number one. Yeah, Paul did say they got him off the ice in time to to you know stay away from anything else. And I saw Logan Stanley come on the bus on the uh, ride back to uh, the airport in in Vancouver. So he seemed like he was moving fine. But I mean, moving fine and playing hockey, I guess, are two different things in the whole scheme of, scheme of things. But it is day to day. Doesn't seem to be a whole lot of concern for Big Stan, the Stanimal, whatever you want to go with this this long hockey season. Um, but man. You know, they, this is what we're talking about already. And it's, it's not a serious injury, but now you're starting going, okay, how does this all fit in? So, you know, Nathan Beaulieu and, and Billy Hanela worked through the three defense pairings today. I still think Hanel or sorry, Beaulieu's higher up on the depth chart in that department. So there's no, there's no question about that. So uh, he was paired with uh, Dylan DeMello to start the day. And I know they did cycle in and out and there was some mixed ma- mix and matches, but it's the de- defense pairings you're going to see clear Josh Morrissey with, with Schmidt and Pionk and and Brennan Dillon. And of course it was DeMello and Bullyu today and fitting in with uh, Billy Hainala. So big Stan will fit in there somewhere. I'm sure he's going to be fine as we get it. It's a week away somewhere along the line. I think he'll be back in the lineup. When yeah. I, I mean, listen, you know, reading the tea leaves on the defense and, you know, yeah. things were different. You know, if we didn't have the, uh, the Jets didn't have the additions in the top four, you know, I think the situation's a little different for Vili Hainala. Mm-hmm. Um, but for Nate Beaulieu, I mean, you know what a beloved teammate he is. I mean, he is a serviceable player. I mean, he has his warts like a lot of players do. But, Jamie, he seems to be a perfect guy that could be your extra defenseman, assuming that the top six is, as we've assumed, it's going to be you yeah. know, with Stanley playing with Dylan DeMello. Because he's a guy that, you know, the coach is not worried about putting in for a game or two here, um, you know, in spot duty. But also practices really hard is a guy that you can count on and is a big part of the team unit um, when they're off the ice right now. So, I mean, it sort of seems like the writing's on the wall and let's face it from an organizational standpoint, I far rather have a veteran defenseman with one year left on his contract, mm-hmm. spending extended time in the press box than having a young first round pick that could really benefit from playing 20 plus minutes a night on what's going to be a really good Manitoba Moose team. Yeah. And you just said it right there, Huss, like, Billy Hanela was all over the place last season, right? He starts here in Finland. He plays the World Hockey Champ- Junior Hockey Championships. Then he bounces back between the Jets and the Moose, is on the taxi squad, did not get a fair shake, or not so much a fair shake, but fair amount of playing time. So what you have this year is a perfect opportunity for Hanela to develop where he should be in the American Hockey League and agree with you 100% about Nathan Bullyu. First off, let's keep this in mind. Last year, not this season, last offseason, the captain, Blake Wheeler, pushed. He told us in a walk-off, 
that he pushed to keep Nathan Beaulieu on the to bring him back for another couple, you know, couple bring him back. Period. Not a, I'm not going to get into what they said about the conversation um, and how long he was going to be back. But how many times have we seen Nathan Beaulieu throw his body in front of something like in the preseason Vancouver blocking shots, just howitzer shots. It doesn't matter preseason, regular season, playoffs. He's getting in front of that. He'll kill penalties. Billy's not there yet. And one day, clearly, he's going to be on the, in the power play conversation. He's going to be in top four conversation this organization. This is not that year, and that's okay. We have to get over this whole thing when a guy gets drafted in the first round, shows well at World Juniors. You get excited. He's got offensive flair to him. He's exciting every time he touches the puck. That's not going to give you what you need at the NHL level. Billy's going to get there one day. It's just not yet. And we should all applaud the fact that he's going to get the opportunity to play a lot at the American Hockey League level. And as you touched on, the Moose are going to be a good team. They're going to be competitive. Barring injuries to the Jets and you lose all your players like you do traditionally in the American Hockey League season. But the right moves are being made right now with, with Nathan Beaulieu and, and Billy Hanela. Yeah, well, and, and make no mistake about it. This At least this is my perspective on this. I mean, mm-hmm. and I hope it doesn't come to this. But, I mean, if there's a significant injury, especially in the top four, yeah. um, you know, I mean, Dylan DeMello's shown that he can go in and he can play that role. But, I mean, I think the opportunity for a guy like Hanelet to come in and play some games absolutely will be there. I mean, it's not like they're shutting the door on him for this season and mm. you know, we'll see you next year in training camp. I mean, Craig Heisinger is the first one to tell you, you need 10, hell, you need 12 solid defensemen mm-hmm. if you want to win a Stanley Cup because the grind that the playoffs are, um, you know, takes its toll and a lot of guys aren't able to go. So this is the way things are going to start going forward, and I think it does make the most sense. Hanel is one one player. Perfetti is in a different situation, and yeah. this would have been way different if, the, if they didn't change the rules to allow Cole Perfetti to play in the American Hockey League. And I think long-term, we'll look back at this last year. The, the pandemic sucked for everybody. Cole Perfetti might be one of the few people that ended up being a winner through all of it because of his experience last year and now the opportunity to play in the American Hockey League. Um, but he is showing that he... Uh, he can hang with the big boys. Uh, tell us what Maurice had to say today about the potential of Perfetti in that day one lineup. We've sort of speculated here that, you know, Perfetti's probably not long for the NHL at the beginning of the season. I would assume that all things being equal and people being healthy, he's going to end up with the Manitoba Moose in a very similar situation to Villy, being able to be called up, but playing big minutes. But it, it did seem like, you know, the the... The fact that your number one center is out for game number one um, may provide an opportunity for Fetty, but I would imagine maybe the guy that has the most to do with that is the capologist of the Winnipeg Jets because mm. there's quite a bit of salary cap machinations that are out of my pay grade right now mm. that they're dealing with, wanting to maximize their ability for LTI and the potential to you know, add players later on in the season if need be in and around the trade deadline. Yeah, and you know, Paul Maurice even touched on that fact too. But you you get a salary cap explanation, and you're lost about halfway through it, right? There's it's it's a gift to be able to understand how this is all going to work and shift guys in and out of the lineup. And Cole Perfetti is in that right area of of a contract, right? It's entry level. It's wonderful to work with uh, if you're the capologist and you want to fit people into things. I think Cole Perfetti is. You touched on that. The the pandemic hurt a lot of development for a lot of players, not just here in Winnipeg, but across the National Hockey League. But Cole Perfetti is in a unique place where he got to be 
in the American League last year and develop his game and get stronger, get more confident, prove to himself that he can play the game. He's also benefited this camp by being stallmates with Mark Shifley, and they've had lots of conversations. And one thing that kind of stood out with Paul Maurice saying similarities between Cole Perfetti and Mark Shifley is that when you ask each one of those players what happened on a certain play, you're going to get a pretty darn good answer back. And he did mention the fact a lot of players, you ask what happened here, and they'll go, I don't know, I don't remember which is fine. We've all been there. I'm, I forget where my keys are in two seconds. Never mind trying try to tell you what happened in a certain play. But that's not with Cole Perfetti, and that's not with Mark Shifley. That's going to benefit Perfetti clearly in his development because he understands what he has to do and where he wants to be. But he's always asking questions. That's the conversation we've heard consistently through camp. He's just always asking the coaches. He's asking Mark Shifley. He asks the people that he needs to ask where he wants to get better. And, again, same thing. He's a first-round pick. 10th overall, it's very attractive idea to have him up here, but there's a log jam of players up front. It's going to take a pretty significant injury at some point to get him in there. Um, he has to play top six. And at least, you know, the Jets are one of the few teams I could say that top nine, really good. You could have some fun with that, especially, you know, with Adam Lauer, you you're, you have something and Paul Stash on the other side. There's just a lot of benefits for that as well. So let's go top nine at some point for him. Man, I've just seen a lot of good moves he makes good plays, but they're still, you know, still learning the NHL game and the speed and catching up to it. And I think we all have to be a little patient with Cole Perfetti because it's a lot of fun to pencil him in your lineup. But we don't want you don't want him sitting on the fourth line right now. There's too many guys that are veteran players that know what happens when you want to sit in that fourth line. And I think Cole Perfetti, like if he's on the opening night roster, tremendous. But let's not get too upset if he's not either. Yeah, no doubt. I I saw it and I can't remember what it was like a fantasy hockey preview <laughs> that had him at like 47 or 48 points. I'm like, you're going to have to play a lot of games to clock that. I might take the under on the on this season for Perfetti, but I do think there'll be the over on that in future seasons here in Winnipeg, a really exciting player. Jamie, the other thing that, you know, I know you and everyone's been paying attention to that was really was the intrigue going into this camp. It wasn't on the blue line. It was on the uh, it was up front in the bottom six. Mason Appleton's vacated spot alongside Adam Lowry, which got a little more interesting with the swap right now of Cop and 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 Stastny. It's mm-hmm. a little bit of a different look with Stastny on that line as opposed to Cop, and then the entire fourth line. Um, we've seen Veselinen getting the opportunity, and and he was back. Maybe we'll start there. Veselinen had been playing with Lowry and Stastny. We did see a swap. Riley Nash move from the fourth line on that right wing. And yet now where it sort of seems like they're really in preparation mode for the opener, Veselinen was there again. Um, is Veselinen seemingly maybe the smart money for the opening opportunity to play with those two guys? And what do you thought of his camp so far? Uh, Camp-wise, Huss, I think he's been great. But I think, you know, you go back to that game last week, and at least Wednesday against the Bakersfield Condors, the it was a very yeah. young lineup. Again. The Euler team. You, know, you, you Euler. have Marley Stassi. You're not expecting much from them. They're veterans. They know what they got to play. But I thought you wanted to see a lot more from Christian Veselin in that game than we did. He got a lot better in the weekend in Edmonton and Vancouver, respectively. So, yeah, he's over on that side. I just think the potential of the size that you have there and a guy in Stastny that can get him the puck, you know, like just it's there. And I I believe from what I'm hearing from Paul Maurice, the opportunities will be there. But he did use the quote, it has to bear fruit at some point. And that to me says maybe the leash is a little shorter than we might have thought it at the beginning. 
But Christian Veselin is a very smart player. I think he realizes the opportunity he has in front of him and the players that he's playing with, again, with that third line that has helped accelerate and move a lot of people into big contracts like the Brandon Tanevs, move great opportunities for the Mason Appletons. Andrew Kopp's a top six forward now. So it, you can't sit, I mean, sit there and tell me anybody that plays on the third line, the Jets is not going, wow, this could lead to something bigger on top of that. Hey, you know what? It, it's an interesting statement. I think it's totally accurate about Veseline. You know, it has to bear fruit. Um, can we say the same thing about Cop playing alongside Dubois and Ehlers on that top line? I mean, is that something? He's been so successful with Lowry. I, I, will, yeah. I will admit, I was a little surprised that, you know, we kind of started off camp and they made that swap. And listen, it was no disrespect to Cop. I mean, he had a great season last year and he showed that he could hang with those guys when given the opportunity last year. Um but again, Paul Stastny is as versatile a player as the Winnipeg Jets have right now. Mm-hmm. Um, is that a – how long do you think that goes? Or is it just a matter of cops already shown that, you know, he's ready, capable of of being there and the Winnipeg Jets are a better team with that swap right now going into game one? Yeah, I, I think Andrew Kopp has proven everything you need to do, playing everywhere throughout the lineup for the Jets to get this opportunity. And, you know, he's he's comfortable on the power play. He played on power play two again today. Uh, at at uh, training camp today, but you have to get Pierre Luc Dubois going here. That, that that's the, one of the most important things I think going into camp here. He's got to get there. So you have somebody that is so good at positioning, so good at playing the defensive side of the game, so good at getting the puck. So that's going to help Pierre Luc Dubois. And Nikolai Ehlers is already showing he can play a defensive part of his game because obviously he wouldn't play with Mark Shifley and, and Blake Wheeler at first stretches over the past couple of years. I think there's a long leash here. Uh, I think this is the line we're going to see here because of what Stastny will provide with Lowry uh, overall. And Andrew Kopp pointed out, I didn't play, and I'm quoting, I'm paraphrasing, I didn't play with Lowry that much last year. In fact, he had it down to the shifts and games that he didn't play with, and you know Andrew Kopp very well. It's Next time you have him on, you may as well just ask him, how many games yeah. exactly did Give you Give me the breakdown, Copper. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I was on the left side for 14 minutes and six seconds uh this one game so on a saturday in anaheim so i i think this is this is what we're going to see for a while it's just the big question is like how does the, the that fourth line look and how do guys fit in we haven't even touched on the beginning Sveshnikov, right it just like Sveshnikov's well, even he the and harkins and to me have been the two great stories of camp so far i mean we i think this team was waiting for some guys to step up mm-hmm. harkins has a contract Svech doesn't even and again yeah. that i don't even know when that gets signed i mean I think there's a possibility that that gets signed actually after game one or the day of game one. Again, going back to what we were talking about with the the salary cap issues for for the Winnipeg Jets. But I don't think there's any doubt that Svechnikov has absolutely proven that he was a good bet for the Winnipeg Jets to take on in the fashion that they did. Um, And it seems like he's earned a spot. And, you know, when we look at this line today, and again, I'm just going to sort of assume that, you know, Paul Maurice has said at this point now we sort of look as to how we want to look on game number one and prepare for that. Mm -hmm. No surprise that Riley Nash is in the middle, but it's those two guys, Harkins and Svechnikov, that have, uh, well, they certainly starred against Bakersfield last Wednesday, um, scoring it seemed like every time they're on the ice. Uh, Both of those guys have made the most of these opportunities and seemingly um, trending towards being in that opening night lineup. Yeah, I mean, you, you you don't read too much in the lines in camp, but, you know, the light blue jersey is a, like that's your fifth line. That's how they, things play out traditionally in practice for the Jets. And that was Gustafson, Toninato, and Perfetti. 
Harkins Nash and Sveshnikov. Like Sveshnikov could even find himself on the right side of the, of the Lowry line at some point. Like there's just, there's that ability to do that. And I think what this camp has given uh, the Jets and it's just through competition that is pushing guys that maybe needed a little nudge. And I'm not saying Jansen Harkins didn't nudge himself enough last year, just unique circumstances, but he really, you can tell his eyes are open in camp this year. There is no doubt he's brought his game. There's no doubt he recognizes this is a chance to, to you know, he's, he's going to kill penalties. You're on the fourth line. You're going to get your time. That's what Paul Maurice does a great job of making sure those guys aren't sitting for tremendous amounts of time. Um, and then Riley Nash's, you know, NHL resume speaks for itself. It's a Sveshnikov issue. There's a Sveshnikov question is what I want to see how this is going to bear out in the next couple of days against Calgary, whether or not he's playing in both games um, and then how opening night looks. And then we have to remember Mark Scheifele is not playing opening night. So that's maybe to me is where Sveshnikov fits in as well. Not saying on the top line, but you know what I'm trying to get at here. He's yeah. opening night roster bound in some ways in that aspect. So there's that opening night thing that's going to be really strange. We're going to Paul Murray's touch on the fact that he's going to practice and show some lines of how that's going to look when you don't have your best player or your best centerman up the middle there for that first game. So we still have a lot of answers to be found out here as camp winds down. Yeah, well, hopefully it's a one-game thing and they're not practicing for any absence yes. of 55 later on yeah. in the year because That's we know enough. how important That's he enough. is. And you mentioned, you know, Harkins getting getting nudged um, or or nudging himself into the lineup. Mm-hmm. It's interesting you, interesting you say that um, because, and I know Jansen, he's been with the club for a while, but I mean, last year, I think a lot of people, and probably to him, was a little disappointing that he wasn't in a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And I think specifically of going game 40, 54 into 55 with the injuries, it was Dominic Toninato that nudged his way into the lineup. Yeah. And he was there in the playoff game number one. And I have a feeling that that resonated quite loudly with Jansen Harkins. And um, well, bottom line is he came in ready to go and has shown that um, it, it maybe it's him that's doing the nudging back into the lineup right now. Um, but of course it does leave right now Toninato We've talked about Perfetti before, but Toninato as well as Gus, uh, David mm-hmm. Gustafson. And Gustafson was a guy, I thought, because of what he did last year with the Manitoba Moose, and he has been up before. He's got you know great in the face-off circle, very solid defensively, that the logical choice might be him in the middle. But I'm not sure that that is the case right now. Um, just tell us a little bit about Toninato's situation and Gustafson right now, uh, ostensibly at least in practice today, on the outside of the top 12, knocking on the door. Right. And uh, is it better for Dominic Toninato to be your extra forward? And it goes back to the same thing with Billy Hanel. You want David Gustafson to get some more playing time. He, for a young guy, he's really good in the draws. And you don't see that very often. Usually there's that learning curve. And I'm not saying he's better than Adam Lowry, but to be where he is, in the, in the face-off dots, important for his NHL career and his development and, and being on an NHL roster, never mind his positioning, which was already solid when they drafted him in the second round. That was already part of his game. He's not fast, but he's quick. We've heard Paul Maurice refer to that many times. It's just quick where he has to be. So that that's this is going into that whole conversation about the competition for these three spots or four spots. You're counting the right side of the third line that is only going to make this team that much better. And I think there's a lot of teams that would kill to have what the Jets have on paper and so far through training camp and four exhibition games to decide over for your opening night roster. Jamie Thomas with us from uh, Jets TV and Jets Radio 680 CJOB. 
Of course, he'll be uh, calling all the games along with our pal Paul Edmonds beginning one week from tomorrow. But obviously, all the exhibition games are on there as well. Um, Jamie, I, I want to ask, you've got some unique access. You're around the team quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, Brendan Dillon, Nate Schmidt. What uh, what have they been like off the ice? What's our, I mean, we've spoken with both of them. They seem like great guys. Um, yeah. And how has their addition, we'll talk, we'll spend a lot of time talking about what on the ice, but I'm interested in the team dynamic with these two new guys that have come in, very important roles, established NHL players, and uh, how they're fitting in with their new squad. I, I think right away you've changed, I don't want to say the culture, but you've lightened up the dressing room. You know, pretty serious serious down to business and there's nothing wrong with that absolutely nothing wrong with a business only type of club but hearing nate schmidt say that he wants to peel back the onion that is josh morrissey and paul marie <laughs> saying he's he's always looking for somebody else to talk to and i'm talking about nate schmidt right i just like why don't you want a guy like that that can still play i'm not just kidding you're the joker in the room that's your 13th forward or you know this the eighth defenseman this is a guy that can play on your power play i love that stuff we as broadcasters and media, we need this stuff. So if you imagine that we need it every once in a while for a quote to lighten up our pregame shows or our postgame shows or our coverage, never mind what you need in the dressing room in January and February when it's cold here and you need something to it's it's a long season. They're going from a 56 game season to an 82 game season. There's going to be some effects of that. It's an Olympic year. We've got a compressed schedule. There's all kinds of craziness going on that we're not usually used to. So already I think they, they have something. There's also the presence of Brennan Dillon. Dan Murphy works for Sportsman in Vancouver. Texted me right away. He said, you've added two tremendous people to your dressing room. So that's all you really need to know, right? Murphy covered the Canucks last year, knows a little bit about Nate Schmidt. And of course, Brennan Dillon is a Vancouver native. So there's, there's all that play or BC native. So that plays into that whole thing. He knows a little bit, knows what they're getting. And the Jets need that, and that's what they've got. And I think, um, I think it's just it's just shaping up, buddy. Just we're just for a guy to people tweeting out that I need to get this guy's jersey, or here's a guy they should roll this tape about what Winnipeg is like. You want somebody promoting your team? Did when you're you a see small Schmidt's market. interview with Sarah yeah. yes. after the game? I mean, I got as many tweets about that as they did about anything that happened in the game. And does I mean, anyone know what, what Schmidt has done at all during the preseason? No, they're all paying attention to what he's been saying. And that's a that's a big boost. I, I mean, you need, in a small market like this, tough winters, we don't need to go over it. You just need somebody pushing for your side. And I know there's enough of the, of the core group that has shown that this is a great place to be in a great organization. You still need these other guys coming in every once in a while to say, yeah, it's great to be here. I'm happy to be here. And that goes with Paul Stastny, Brendan Dillon, and, and Nate Schmidt. Um, uh, do we know uh, much about tomorrow's lineup for uh, the uh, last home game against the Flames? Uh, should we, you know, assume that it's going to sort of be the uh, the top twelve right now? Will they be going with sort of the the lineup that Maurice is expecting, or as close to it, minus Mark Shifley's absence in Game One? Yeah, I think that, that we're going to get the best of the you know a fair chunk here. You still have people on the outside looking in, trying to work their way in. You want to get. But Paul Maurice has seen all the young guys already. That's clearly the guys that are with the Manitoba moves today and are trying to clear are, are going to clear waivers here eventually. I think the best best that you're going to see some pretty good lineups being put out on uh, Wednesday and Friday just to wrap this up. So uh, Flames fans in Calgary will be expecting something half decent and uh, Jets fans the final preseason game because you're not going to see the team for a while right after this. And 
um, it, it'll be it'll be half decent. Let's just go. Yeah, it's tomorrow night, and then it's the home yeah. opener. Um, yeah. so it will it will be a little while. Jamie Thomas with us. Kate, JT, just before yeah. we go, I, yes. I do want to quickly move away from hockey and our day jobs for a moment to yes. the the passion. Um, what did you think? How's the fantasy season going? And what what a crazy weekend in the National Football League. Um, you, you had Brady's return. You had a pretty wild Monday nighter. A lot of games that didn't end up close and teams getting back into it. Yeah. And, uh, I, I know you're very busy on the Jets beat right now, but uh, I, I do know you well enough to know that you've been <laughs> spending quite a time checking the waiver wire coming up for this weekend and whatnot. <laughs> You know who I've had enough of? I've had enough of Allen Robinson at this point, right? It's just like he's on the list. He's on the list, buddy. Like how many times you gotta keep going to the well with that guy? Or just and then I thought Mike Williams was on the cusp of being a just a top a WR one and one catch on Monday Night Football, and it was just that type of stuff will send you to like the mental suite. Like that's just <laughs> those types of things. It. it you know, you see a lot of things turn out. There was the, the drama of Sunday night with Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. Everyone said it was a great game. It wasn't that great of a game. But still, it was great the if you had the Pats plus seven. Yeah, that's right, baby. It's <laughs> the betting side, of, there's a lot of people that are happy. And, I mean, the Chiefs and Eagles game was all, like, fantastic. But you, you look, you're starting to see clearly through four weeks, the teams that have terrible offensive lines are terrible Terrible, terrible. So you can talk all you want that Tua is the wrong quarterback, and I know he's hurt right now, but that offensive line is awful. Pittsburgh is, you know, Najee Harris, you spend a first-round pick on a running back, but you don't have any offensive line to run to block for the guy. Like, there's some... And, and not, a quarterback that can't throw further exactly. than seven yards downfield. That right. doesn't help. Yeah, like, where is... This is a, you know, six-time winning, Super Bowl-winning franchise that has made the right decisions more times than not, not. But how are you allowing a guy to hold you hostage and not allow you to draft a successor? I know that's clearly in the conversation. But if you're going to go with a guy that can't throw and your offensive line is terrible, then I don't know what you're really doing. So there's there's a lot of interesting things shaping up. The, the, you know, Aaron Rodgers being an issue. I'm like, okay, that's that's old now. You know, Chicago's writing off. And now Justin Fields is starting to look a little bit better, although it was against the Detroit Lions. Like there's just little things that are starting to shape up that we're going to notice patterns throughout the year. Hey, the one thing I have to ask you, and I mean, I, I'll I count my hands up on this. I stayed away from the game betting wise, but yeah. I was fully all in on the Rams. You know, you have that huge win against Tampa. Yes. They got served by the Cardinals who are now four and zero at home on the weekend. Um, I, at what point do we That's start seeing? Well, exactly. I mean, we knew Kyler Murray was going to get his, but yeah. the defensive performance, and this goes right back to the licking they put on the Titans in week number one. Yes. I mean, I've made jokes about Cliff Kingsbury and whatnot. I mean, I, I thought, and, you know, that's a hell of a division. They were kind of the fourth-ranked team of four. But I got to tell you, the story of this season so far through the first quarter mark has to be what the Cardinals are doing in the desert. Yeah, it's, and I think the the narrative coming into week four was the Rams were Kyler Murray's kryptonite. And... It didn't look like it at all. Apparently not. Apparently not. So it's just like you have all these patterns going in and all all these things to work off of. But And then, you know, a defense that wasn't being talked about enough heading into the regular season. It's incredible what they've done in the desert. I'm not saying they're the best team in the NFL right now, but they are inching their way into the conversation. And one of the biggest surprises, there is no way I thought the Rams would lose to 
the Cardinals. I thought maybe Thursday night against Seattle because it's a short week. But now I think Seattle's in trouble after what happened with the Rams. And there's a strong chance there'll be a blow it on Thursday night football. But. Well, I appreciate the uh, the Jets scheduling Wednesday and Saturday. Perfect yeah. for us. We've got Thursday night football. We've got yeah. the Bombers on Friday. We've got our full Sunday slate. It's uh, it's all working out for guys like us. Jamie, thanks so much for doing this. Say hi to Edmonds. Get those pipes ready for tomorrow. And uh, yeah. most importantly, game number one. 9 p.m. Winnipeg time, the 13th in Anaheim against the Ducks. Get your nap in on Wednesday, guys. That's what you know. (laughs) Right on. Thanks, pal. Okay, buddy. See you later. Give him a follow on Twitter at Jamie Thomas TV. And of course, you can catch all the action. Paul calling it Jamie riding shotgun on 680 CJOB. Hey, uh, not out of court. Very special guest coming into not tomorrow for uh, I I mentioned that the uh, the second not commercial is going to be made. That's right. The Turtle Man is back. You may see a, a cameo from someone that's familiar to you in it. Uh, looking forward to getting together with the guys tomorrow. And, of course, always great to head on down to Knot. If you are looking for a vehicle and you've never been there, start at Knot Autocorp, Waverly and McGilvery. Why not get into the car of your dreams at a great price with the help of the Knot team? Check out all the incredible vehicles on the lot or they'll help you find the perfect vehicle for you and your family. And as I mentioned, the Winnipeg Car Lab now also at Not Auto Corp officially open, uh, just doing their first printing on the weekend, wraps, um, lines, tinting, all of those things, rims as well. So if you're looking, uh, if you're maybe a mod guy or you're a business that wants uh, a great looking vehicle to promote your business, the Winnipeg Car Lab's the place to do it. You can find out more at Not Auto Corp or you can hit them on socials at Winnipeg Car Lab. Uh, Coming up on Friday, Bombers, Elks, and that means our friends at Canadian Club, the official whiskey of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, will be with us. Another very popular game day marble race, and we've got some incredible new merch, co-branded Winnipeg Sports Talk with CC, the official Bomber whiskey. We'll be giving away our first hoodie as well as an I Love Rye package on Friday afternoon. So you do not want to miss that. Of course, you can get the great taste of Canadian Club throughout IG Field at the game on Friday and at your local Manitoba Liquor Marts. And speaking of CC, I'm going to be going with the CC gang along with our pal DQ Nick. I know Nick was in the chat a little earlier. Not sure whether he's still here, but we'll be doing it and it's 28 degrees um we're getting extra blizzard weather here folks now it's blizzard weather much like it's slurpy weather in winnipeg 365 days a year uh take advantage grab the kids get on out this evening pop down to one of the four nick and nikki dqs the dq in niverville the dq in northgate dq polo park or dq on saint anne's and while you're there you can snag an ice cream cake for your next event be the hero bring one of those and of course the uh, dilly bars buster bars and all the great take-home treats they have as well hit them up on instagram at dq manitoba all right we'll get to some cool bet lines a little bit later on i do believe we've got some uh by the way schickster <laughs> Schickster, I saw the, uh, I'm not sure whether I'm going to get the car wrapped. Certainly not with your idea. But if I was going to get my car wrapped, I'd go to Winnipeg Car Lab to do it. Um, I do believe we've got a little bit of Jets audio. And uh, Remo, as I was speaking with the uh, the guys, Kevin and Jamie, with some great conversations, I believe a little more coming out about Kenny Lawler's apology. Uh, where do you want to start now that we uh, get to the back end of the program? 
Yeah, a couple things here. Sorry, I'm just getting settled in. Uh, we can hear from uh, Maurice shortly. Let me just get that ready to go. Um, we do have those ice tickets to give away. Did you want to do that? Do you want me to initiate uh, yeah, the, give, let, the giveaway in that's chat? That's a great idea. Thanks again to Brian Munns for uh, helping us out. A lot of excitement about Connor Bedard's appearance tomorrow at the Ice Cave in the mm-hmm. Regina Pats. Now, the home team coming out of the weekend certainly was the story. But Connor Bedard, every time he gets on the ice this year and for the next couple years, is going to be a huge story in hockey. Uh, so he's coming in tomorrow. What do we want to do? Exclamation mark tickets like we did before? Yeah, I think I just did it. So it might be, I hope I did exclamation tickets. Yes, uh, exclamation tickets. It's in the chat right now. So it'll it is. it'll gather all the names. Just type it in. Uh, the tickets are tomorrow. Sorry, the, t- the game is tomorrow. So. Yeah, game is tomorrow. So only put in if you want to go to the game tomorrow. Take it from our boy Jeff Kabilis, who's uh, in the chat right now, yes. saying that uh, you know he had a great time at the game. It really is fun. It's some great hockey as well. Uh, so, yeah, if you do want to go to the game tomorrow, ex- exclamation mark tickets. Uh, we'll uh, cut that off in a few minutes. And Hustler's Diet Pepsi is noticing that I've been hydrating, drinking water. Mm. We're sponsored he by just, Colligan. So he just said, "I miss you, Hustler." I, yeah. I I figured I have to get I have to get four bottles in. I'm just about there. Don't worry, I'm still keeping it real. I got one right here. <laughs> I learned how to do. I learned how to mute my mic during the last interview so I could open it without the entire chat going up. Going, he just cracked the Diet Pepsi, didn't he? Yeah. But I can tell you, I've had a lot of water so far. You didn't see it on camera, but Jamie Thomas had a water jug. That must have been at least, like, it was probably a gallon jug that he was drinking of uh, while he was in the waiting room before we brought him on. And I just messaged him, like, hey, nice nice water bottle. That puts it to shame. <laughs> uh, put, sorry, puts Kenny's water bottle to shame. This thing uh, could last you a long time, but that guy likes to hydrate. Here, uh, we, we have the Kenny Lawler um, comments. You want me to just read that? Yeah, yeah, uh, definitely. I want to get, we will have Coach Paul Maurice. We'll hear what the coach had to say post-practice. He just spoke in the last little while while we've been on the air. Um, but yeah, if you're tuning in now, and we've been talking a lot of hockey. The big story coming out of yesterday's show uh, was the announcement, you know, about eight o'clock or so last night uh, from the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. That he, uh, that Kenny Lawler um, was arrested for a DUI and had been suspended for Friday's game, and um, you know would be speaking with his teammates today, and then making an announcement, um, making it a, you know an apology and speaking about it a little later on. Um, so Remus has it up there. <clears throat> There's a lot more, a full story coming up later on BlueBombers.com. Uh, but here are a couple of the quotes. From Kenny Lawler. Um, first of all, he initiated an apology saying this was a mistake, a selfish decision. I'm sorry to everybody out there. Um, here's the quote to anyone out there. This is something for me that I never thought would happen. I know there's a lot of people out there who think like that. No, this ain't going to happen to me. I'm not going to get pulled over. I'm not going to get in a crash. To be honest, it could happen to anyone. And I want everyone out there to be very smart about the decisions they make. I'm just thankful and blessed that I didn't hurt anybody, that I didn't hurt myself. Something like this could be 10 times worse. I want the kids, the fans, adults, anyone to really think twice about the decisions you're about to make uh, when you're not in the right mind. Once again, I'm sorry. And then uh, Ed's got another quote from, uh, this is from uh, him on meeting with his teammates. 
Uh, one, the support for my teammates has been amazing. I'm embarrassed. Man, I was dreading walking in the locker room and having to deal with everything that's happened and transpired. As soon as I walked in this locker room, I was just, I was being hugged. People were coming and patting me on the back and letting me know I'm going to get through this. I was feeling the worst ever that I would not get through it with the teammates and my family. They've been very supportive. My message that I told the team, I'm sorry that I let y'all down and I took myself off the field this Friday. I'm sorry I let y'all down the community, a lot of things. I just wanted them to know I was sorry. This is something I didn't want to have on my shoulders and the reality of the situation is this is what I'm going through. I want to let them know that I made a mistake and most importantly, when I come back, I'm going to be a better man, father, teammate, player. I believe this is going to be a very important turning point in my career. Um, hey, that's what you want to hear from someone. I mean, there's not, you, you can't do anything to change what happened. Um, all you can do going forward is to accept the consequences of your actions and work to be a better person, teammate, father, everything that Kenny just said. So um, I'll tell you what, I mean, as far as the uh, 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 the apology ratings go, it ranks pretty high. I know some people, it won't matter. Like Kevin said, you know, you do something like that, some people won't be able to get over it. Um, but for Kenny Lawler, his life is going to go on. He's going to have to earn a spot back in the lineup. He's going to have to earn some trust, probably. It sounds like his teammates are there, and I think that doesn't surprise me. It's a very close-knit group of which he's a big part of. Um, but there'll be some trust to earn back from the community, from the Winnipeg Blue Bombers owners or organization, as well as the head coach. Um, but I will say, Remus, considering what I just read out on the program, I think that's a pretty good start. Um, but I'll tell you what, that's going to be a tough, tough night for Kenny Lawler to be watching his first place team go up against the Elks coming off the game that he had, knowing that it was, uh, um, you know, a terrible decision that he made that's, um, you know, that's cost him. But, you know, if he can make this a turning point in his life, in his career, maybe there'll be some positive about it. The bottom line, what he said first, he's just thankful that nobody else and himself got hurt in the incident. I sorry, I agree. Everything was there was very, very well said. And I know John Hodge tweeted as well, Mike O'Shea, uh, stating that Kenny Law is just going to be suspended for this game and doesn't expect the league to provide any further discipline. So one game suspension by the team. And I think this is this is a fair and they're they're going about this uh about this the right way. And it was a well said uh, apology there from Kenny Lawler, who says he made a mistake, you know. He didn't think it could happen to him, and he's clearly learning and moving forward, and the team will move forward on Friday against Edmonton. Yeah, and, and listen, I get some people will be cynical out there. Um, you know, that's part of where we are. Um, and listen, he nailed all the points. I mean, as far as, you know, if this wasn't a bomber guy, we were talking about someone in another city that, you know, we weren't following, that, you know, you weren't fans of. Um, you know, we may have a chuckle about it going, wow, I believe someone already said right out of the PR playbook. Uh, but sometimes, you know, you really do have to, you know, you, you, you have to man up. It sounds like Kenny Lawler's done that. Um, and it's, it sucks for the Bombers to have to deal with this, with this right now. He'll be dealing with this for a long time. And, you know, if anything, maybe a cautionary tale, certainly a cautionary tale for a lot of other people, as Kenny Lawler mentioned. All right, we're going to get Paul Maurice's comments coming up in just a minute. Uh, but if you're with us live in the chat, uh, you still have an opportunity to throw in exclamation mark tickets. And we'll be giving away those tickets. I tell you what we'll do. You've got through the Paul Maurice audio. 
to put in exclamation mark tickets. Everyone that does that will get a an entry. And then at the end of Maurice, we will see who our winner is and uh, get you hooked up with those tickets. Congratulations to Jeff, who uh, won the seats last week, as well as Tacos or Sandwiches, who also seemingly had quite a good time. But um, we spent a lot of time talking about the Jets today uh, with Jamie Thomas, a little bit with Kevin O. Um, five lines left, kind of went down who it looks like they're going to be in the lineup. But uh, let's hear it from the horse's mouth as Coach Paul Maurice spoke uh, just in the last hour over at Jets HQ on practice today and approaching the uh, final home preseason game tomorrow at Canada Life Place. Connor Hellebuck in net against the Calgary Flames. Paul, can you update on injury status for guys like Logan or Nelson? Logan's clearly, like, is really day-to-day. Might morning skate tomorrow. He's not going to play tomorrow night, but we got him out of the game at the right time. He feels good, so that's a positive. Uh, I think they were pretty open with Dylan Sandberg. Yeah, high ankle, like he's a ways away, right? Um, CJ Cease is kind of somewhere between Logan Stanley and uh, Dylan Sandberg. Like he's, it's going to be weeks, but not a month, I don't think. Like it's going to be three weeks, maybe. Um, and there's another one. Noge is between CJ Cease. <laughs> So he's kind of in that, we think, week or two. So it's just like day-to-day, two weeks out, four weeks out, six weeks out in general. Paul, the flooding of Stanley and Dubois on the power play units, what, are you, what kind of things are you looking for there? Oh, so that was kind of like train, part of training camp break is this was the first day of power play, really. Like the, we, we were not even really looking at power play in the first uh, few games just wouldn't have the personnel to do it so we have what we ran last year and then one player left so we can, we know we can run that and then we want to spend some time running something else for both units you've got Schmidt comes in want him on a power play unit we have always kind of run on the other side with Wheeler and then two righties across that then we don't have that really for power play guys right now but there are other ways to do it so we want to try to play with some things on our power play for the next two games and then we're going to go into Anaheim with a completely different look because Mark's not lined up right so we got to get good at that you're going to have key power play guys that get banged up over the year and we want to be able to move around our power play and um Maybe even I don't know, have a little bit of fun with the right, but but not necessarily sit through a long stretch where it's not working, where it's fine that you know it has worked, so you're very very patient with it. But then there comes a point in time where frustration starts to build, and I think it starts to negatively affect your five on five play. Uh, so we want to be able to, to move it around a little bit more. Spent a lot of time talking about your Kenny Svechnikov, Harkins, that fourth line. Where's Cole Perfetti fit in all of this right now? And so he's had a better camp than I would have maybe thought a player at, uh, at his age uh, would have. I, I've liked it a lot. I think he does a lot of hard things well, which is usually what you spend all your time trying to teach these guys um, because they've had great success on their skill alone and all the battles and the things that are, you know, for some skilled guys not really in the, on their resume. Uh, but I've liked that part of his game. He gets into the heavier areas. He competes on pucks. He's really attentive in the drills and doing things right. Um, so the question for Cole will be, what's the best use? Obviously, the first what, what helps the Winnipeg Jets win now, 
most, and then what's the best straight line from him to being a productive member of the Winnipeg Jets? The answer to that one is he's going to have to play. Um, that's kind of where he's at right now. Do you look at him? You have Marco that first game. Is, that a, is there a temptation there for you to have Cole in that spot? Probably not in that spot. I don't know that you're setting him up to succeed at that point, but we would consider him. I will tell you now, and uh, that first game is going to possibly be like a lot of, unlike a lot in terms of personnel, and that has everything to do with the cap. And so there's, and, and I could explain it exceptionally poorly. So it's better that I don't, because when it explained to me, I only understood half of it. So there's going to be some pieces that move around that maybe aren't hockey related, uh, or, or where they're at. But I'm I'm okay with any one of the guys that's left and being in an opening night lineup. I, I got a place. I know where to put them, if that helps. It seems like you're giving Christian Vesselin every opportunity to, to seize that winger spot on the third line. And I'm wondering. Even gone penalty killing. Is there? Are you changing him as a player, or are you asking him to do different things, or, or more or less, what does he need to do to make the Winnipeg Jets third line successful? Yeah. Well, I'll start with the end of that. I mean, I would say control the puck more uh, out of corners in heavy areas in open ice as well. Like there's a. So I'm going to be real patient with him. Um, or let's say I, I would have, we've given him every opportunity right now because I've moved his position, right? So he wouldn't have been a player that said, yeah, I easily go over to the right side. He was willing to do that, but it's a challenge for him, and we agreed that we'd be patient in that. There is going to come a point in time that it has to bear fruit, it has to, or it has to give us the idea that it will look good, whether that's three or four months from now or in the next two weeks. And also, if it doesn't, then I also need to feel like I have another option. Right. There has to be somebody else who has to go in that that is at least as good there. So we'll be patient with it. It's gonna. I, I, if, if Paul plays there with Adam, then that means that line also has to generate some offense too. There has to be some offense that goes with it. Um, so we're still waiting for it, maybe. Still watching. Is it unique in your years of experience with that line? Adam's been a constant. You've had guys come in, you've had guys kind of leave. Is, this, is it a unique feeling this year or maybe not? I don't want to say tr- lack of trust, but maybe not as much trust as when you had Andrew Cobb, you know, Lowry, and I guess Mason before. You got two new Yeah, players. so I would say only on that line. And maybe maybe if something has left, then there's something's also added. I've got a tremendous amount of faith in that eight. Not that I don't have the extra guys, just those other guys are now mature players. We don't... You know, Pierre Luke's our youngest guy, right in that that kind of top eight, and and he's still got lots of part of his game that are developing and learning. But there's not four of them, so we can have you. You're not every team. You're not going to get everything settled and set in stone. The cap won't allow that. So we got to do a bit of work here in finding players, uh, developing them, finding how they fit together to get that kind of fourth line slash extra player slash third line, those players 9 through 13, to get them to be a cohesive unit. Just by virtue of having Adam Lowry, um, you're going to have some heaviness on that third line regardless. Um, with some of the personnel that's turned over over the last couple of years, going with what you're looking at, how can you expect that line to be as heavy as it has played in past years with the personnel that you have this season? What's changed off that line really more is speed than anything else. The heaviness is kind of always there, but Brandon Tanev was very, very quick. Um, I wouldn't have put Joel Armia in that group, but but 
Um, so it'll look more like that line. We'll put a guy on there that can make some plays, uh, that's got some size. Maybe what will be slightly different is how they come off the bench. So when, those line, when that line was together two, three, four years ago, especially, I ran them in the two hole all the time, right, which protected that third line. So Brian Little could play with a young Nick Ehlers and Patty Line, and they'd go out against lesser competition, and they'd score, and everything life is good. Except that you eventually will need those players because they score. They get paid a lot of money. And that's just the way that you eventually need them, and they're going to want, i got to play 18 minutes. Well, the Jets have to win first. and then. But as soon as you're able to do that, then I can play players that can score more minutes, which is, should be a good thing. So we're kind of in that handoff range where I think you'll see the Lowry line play as much, but against different lines. Right? They'll play against the heavier lines, the other team not necessarily the best. They'll play against size. Um, and then when I need D-zone face-offs left side, they're on it every single time, so I can get offensive guys more in the offensive zone. So the maturation of those other players will change where Adam comes out, but and and maybe we start looking at that line and asking them to score a little bit more. Where we, if they drew even on any night, that, their job was done, and we had a really good home record in those two years. Now Adam, he's got Paul Stastny on his wing now, and and not not a young Andrew Cop or a young Armia or one of these guys. He's got a veteran guy that can make plays. So if we looked at that line and said maybe more skill over there makes some sense, that 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 might be a place maybe next year, maybe halfway through this year, that you consider one of these younger guys. It's not necessarily. I don't need necessarily three shutdown guys on that line anymore. I did for two years because I had to keep. You got Kyle Connor with Ehlers and, and, and Roslevic and all of those kids. You just couldn't run them in the top six or you lose. So things have changed around them that will help them, I think. Bit of a different direction that you had talked about. Uh, you know, things you're going to coach a team so they look a little bit differently in all three zones. Um, give me an idea of uh, how long it takes to, to kind of train your team or get them into doing something new. Like, are they going to be ready game one to play that style or is you hit your stride with that around? Yeah, so I'm not going to details of it, but the idea would be there's a bunch of things that we've kind of changed which are, should be done by now. Just really simple, basic things. We're going to change this on our four check, and we're going to change this. That the, the if you locked it, if there were components, are easier to change than themes or styles, right? So we, we've changed a few components. Uh, there's a one that's going to take about two or three months for it to get, and then one that's going to be a, a, a real challenge all year. Um, but you'll probably be able to notice it fairly early. It just won't be good all the time. But it's just kind of a balance, right? It's about it. We just changed our risk a little bit, or risk profile a little bit to play. Uh, it's, it's not a more risky game, as a matter of fact. I think it, it's a smarter game, but I think it'll make us faster. Well, all of this, all of it is tailored to make our team faster, to play a faster game. All right, there is the coach, Paul Maurice, from earlier today. Um, you know, a number of topics. I, I found it interesting, Remo, um, particularly his comments about Perfetti. Um, and then we sort of touched on this with Jamie, coach, talking about the uh, the salary cap ramifications of having players on the lineup and how that might go into game one. Um, and again, at some point, I mean, I've read this stuff. I mean, I have a pretty good idea of how it works, but it still it gets it, your mind becomes mush when you get too too deep into the uh, into the salary cap book and the CBA. Um, 
But I will say this, come Shifley's return in game number two of the season, I think we're going to look, barring injury, at a pretty similar group to what we saw in those top four lines for the Winnipeg Jets uh, coming up tomorrow night when they take on Calgary. And of course, we are going to get to see Connor Hellebuck, Remo, and that was one of the things that the coach sort of telegraphed before the games on the weekend that Hellebuck, I think his quote was, we need to get the big guy ready. He's getting the game tonight. He's getting the game Saturday. And you damn well know he's getting the start in game number one against the Anaheim Ducks next week. Yeah, the one thing I liked hearing from him, and you've heard that kind of since the beginning of training camp, that he's saying, you know, our team is going to look a bit different this year. We're trying to get more speed. I and love your Maurice, your Maurice <laughs> impersonation. I try. <laughs> Um, I've tried, I've tried, it's okay, it's not, not great, it's but, good, it's great, but, um, yeah, and I think that they know they have a much stronger defense than they're actually gonna, you know, maybe have their defense activate a little, and he said they're trying to, you know, play a faster speed game, so, um, I'm looking forward to, see, you know, seeing that in action in the regular season, because preseason, there's only so much you, you can take, I mean, I've seen comments on Twitter commenting on top line guys like these guys aren't going and you watch it like they're not going like it's a regular season game it feels like preseason hockey and it's those bottom guys that are battling here so um i'm looking forward I to think that that'll but, change yeah. I, I think that'll change in the next couple of games i mm-hmm. i think that the real focus will be on ramping up to that you know level that you're going to need for 82 games in the regular season and hopefully a, a nice playoff run for the winnipeg jets going forward so we'll have much more on tomorrow's game on tomorrow's show here beginning at one live on youtube and afterwards in your podcast feed but as we did mention at the end of it here's your last call folks if maybe you just popped in we had bright we had uh, kevin o on earlier ice are hosting connor bedard in the pats tomorrow night we have a pair of tickets if you have not already put in exclamation mark tickets do it right now because remus is going to finish it off and uh what do you do? Just put in something and it pumps out a winner? The, yeah, the, the stream I, bot makes it I, happen? I've done that, or I can take all the names and just put them into the wheel of names and we can spin that. Do, oh, do do? I would. Uh, yeah. Why don't you do? Yeah, actually, let's do a, let's do a wheel spin. Let's do a wheel spin. Um, okay. It's officially, yes, hashtag prize wheel. It's happening right now. Um, so, Remus, you're going to get that. And while you, you let me know when you're ready, and in the meantime... I'm going to hit you with our daily lines for Cool Bet Canada. Of course, if you haven't bet a Cool Bet before, what are you waiting for? Uh, it's the spot I do all my betting. And I was a long time before they came on board. Best golf odds. Um, we talked about that today. Give you a little tip if you don't want to go through the entire lock shop. Love Scotty Scheffler at 22 to 1. And Kevin Na, former winner of the Shriners Open, 30 to 1. So there's a couple golf bets. And I did see Pat Greggy. I literally just got a tweet. Um, There's a golf special, plus 120 on the Greggy's golf special, Brooks Kepka, Victor Hovland, and Corey Connors to make the cut is paying plus 120. Um, All pretty high up as far as the odds go for the event. So there you go. Greggy's golf special under golf as well as the uh, the lines for the, the Shriners open. Um, but you know, Rumus is showing where it's at right now. My guy right there, there's Scotty Scheffler, 22 to 1. <clears throat> Love Scotty. I think he's going to get a big Ryder Cup bump. He was so good, so good at the event a couple of weeks back at Whistling Straits. 
just tried my mute for the first time, Remo. Worked great. And worked good, Kate. Worked great. No one heard me with a quick cough there. All right, let's get to the Major League Baseball playoffs, though, because we got two wild card games the next two days. Tonight, it is the Red Sox and the Yankees. Garrett Cole going for the Yanks against uh, Nathan Elivaldi for the Boston Red Sox. And the Yankees are a minus 122 favorite. Now, that's interesting. Yesterday was minus 125. When we did the lock shop this morning, it was minus 128. Now it's down to minus 122. So getting closer to even money, which means some people are liking the value on the Boston Red Sox, who were paying plus 104. Over-under in this game is 7.5. And And the run line for the Yankees, if you do want a bigger number, you can get plus 123 if you like the Yankees to win by one and a half. Now, tomorrow's NL wildcard game is between the Dodgers and the Cardinals. And the Dodgers and Cardinals are two. I believe the Dodgers had 106 wins and they've got to play a sudden death game to just get into the playoffs. Just speaks to the ridiculous season that the Giants had that absolutely nobody saw coming except for maybe the San Francisco Giants themselves. But that leaves the Dodgers with Max Scherzer on the hill to play a one-game do-or-die matchup against the St. Louis Cardinals. And a month ago, we wouldn't have even been talking about the Cardinals being in the mix for this. And then they went on a 17-game heater, winning 17 straight games. So they've had a week to prepare for this game. They've known that they've been going to be in it since, you know, since they clinched a spot. Whereas the Dodgers were still trying to catch the Giants. Anyways, here they are. Dodgers a massive favorite in this game. Minus 217. The Cardinals plus 182. And I got to tell you, I think the value is on the cards. Dodgers in history, they have been so good for the better part of the last decade. And they found ways to lose in the playoffs way more often than not. They did, of course, finally get to the top of the mountain. They won the World Series. But the Dodgers traditionally have also come up small sometimes in the biggest games. And this isn't even just series. I mean, one bad game could be the end of it. So with Wainwright on the hill and the Cardinals riding all that momentum from their past month, I'm not sure that they'll win the game. But if you had to make me pick between the two and put a wager on plus 182 underdog or a minus 217 favorite, I think I'm going to ride with the uh, with the Cardinals. Um, the other thing I'll just hit right now, the World Series winner futures are out right now. And we don't see the Blue Jays listed. And maybe that's because everyone would be in on them right now. Dodgers right now still the favorites, but the Giants now five to one uh, for, oh, sorry, this is all for this year's. So right now your World Series odds, Dodgers the favorite 360. And of course they still have to play that play in game. Giants plus 500, people sort of finally respecting them. Astros 550, Rays six to one, White Sox plus 750, Brewers eight to one, Braves and Yankees twelve to one, and the Red Sox and St. Louis Cardinals seventeen to one. Uh, one other thing we should touch on: just a quick little update on those CFL lines that hit yesterday. Uh, Ottawa tomorrow game. Don't forget early game tomorrow for the CFL. We got a Wednesday game: Ottawa at Toronto. Ottawa eight and a half point underdogs on the road. Bombers were 13-point favorites yesterday. They're now 12.5-point favorites coming out of the Kenny Lawler news. He won't be in the lineup. Riders still three-point favorites over Calgary. Ottawa, seven-point underdogs in their second game of the week. Short week playing against the Alouettes on Thanksgiving Monday. 
And then the three o'clock game to finish it up. Battle of Ontario, Toronto and Hamilton. Ticats, six point favorites in that game. Very strange to see Ottawa and Toronto with two games listed, but uh, that's the strange CFL season making up for the missed game for the Elks a little earlier this season. Again, use promo code WST if you want to bet at CoolBet. 100% deposit up to 200 bucks on your first deposit. All right, Remo, uh, we've had a great show, and uh, we're going to do the the uh, the wheel. How 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 are the preparations for the prize wheel going? Preparations are going good, Hess. Here, let's bring it up. Ah, uh, yes, the wheel of names. Nice. Congratulations great. to everyone that, uh, or thanks to everyone that was listening that uh, thought they might want to go to the game. Uh, let's see. We've got Mitch. We've got Eric. Earl, JJW, Anthony May. Why am I reading these upside down? Brandon's in there. Yeah, they're Larry. on the right. They're on the right side. You don't need to like try to read the, I know, we, the I ones on the get, wheel. I'm trying to get ahead of it. Leslie's in there. Brad, Jet Fan, Anthony, Rob the Snark, Instant Noodles, one, two, three. Schickster's in there. Uh, and just quickly, while we do this, I did see a lot of people talking about NHL coming out tomorrow, the uh, NHL video oh, yeah. game. Thursday um, is like if you're on EA Play, you get a 10-hour free Oh, nice, nice. So I so, forget. We'll go through the ratings if you want to check out, give our rating reviews for the Jets. We're going to try and get somebody to step up uh, from the sports world and take on Remus. I'll do some commentary. That'll be a fun sub-stream we'll do at some yeah, point on the, our channel. The po- we're done to do a post-stream for sure. <laughs> you got it. Um, but I know there were some people talking about PGA 2K21. Probably my favorite game ever. I've always mm-hmm. loved golf games. Golf Club 2019 got me through the first seven, eight months of the pandemic. And then once 21 came out, I got it on the new computer. I do play it on the PC. It is so cool. Um, and I'm right now trying to qualify for the TGC Tours Tour. So if anyone else is playing on that, let me know. Would love to uh, would love to chop it up and get a game. All right, Remo. Everyone that has put in exclamation mark tickets that wants to go to the ice game tomorrow is in. Uh, now I believe it's time for the CTO to, as it says on the screen, click to spin. All right, here we go. Ready? Three. I'm ready. Two. One. Oh, we've even got some great sound effects for this. Here we go. Who's it going to be? Machiavelli. is the winner eric congratulations nicely nicely done uh you my friend are gonna go see uh the winnipeg ice the 2-0 winnipeg ice take on the regina pats with connor bedard in the lineup uh i'm not sure whether we have your uh, i'm not sure whether we have you on social media but you can either send us a dm at the winnipeg sports talk twitter account or fire an email over at uh, Winnipeg Sports Talk at gmail.com. We'll just need your email address, and then uh, Munzee will send you out the tickets, and uh, we'll be you'll be good to go. Yeah, that was a quick one. Uh, almost landed on Mitch. I think I just added Eric, so I think he's still in here. But if you're listening, uh, yeah, to- Eric, there. I see Eric. Eric's just just saying. Oh, yay. he says yay. He's okay, quite happy. There you go. He says yay. Mitch says he was close. I thought it was going to be Mitch. Mitch was so close. If that was at, you know, the, um, you know, the carnival where they've, you know, you're spinning the wheel and it's got the thing that turns on, it might've, uh, it might've stayed on Mitch's, but it ended up on Eric. So Eric, congratulations. We'll uh, 
be able to do that throughout the season, hopefully, with our friends over at the Winnipeg Ice. Should be a great game tomorrow. Busy hockey night tomorrow. And I think, you know, thank God after having nothing for so long, we're going to have a lot of these busy hockey nights with two teams playing on the same night. Tomorrow, it's two home games. Ice out at the Ice Cave at Wayne Fleming Arena. Jets downtown. Canada Life Center taking on the Calgary Flames. And uh, both games getting underway at six p- or 7 o'clock p.m. And, of course, Moose in training camp right now. They'll be getting their season going. So, uh, you know, it, it sort of dawned upon me when I talked to Kevin, and I brought this up, and I'll mention it again for people that, that weren't here er, earlier on the program. Uh, goes without saying, we've been talking about it for months. I mean, the excitement about this Winnipeg Jets team and what it might be able to accomplish this season. Uh, then you have the Manitoba Moose, which certainly from my perspective, at any point since the team returned to Winnipeg, the most talent on this club, the most top young legitimate prospects that will be able to move up and play in the Jet lineup. And that's going to mean great things for Mark Morrison's squad as he begins his time on the bench of the Manitoba Moose. And then there's the Winnipeg Ice. Um, I think their work on the weekend speaks for itself as to what they did against the Brandon Wheat Kings. Uh, but there's a lot of hockey left to be played. And as Kevin mentioned, Brandon was missing some pretty key players. Uh, but the ice are one of the favorites this year. And they don't just have, you know, uh, eyes on a WHL championship, but also potentially a Memorial Cup. So it's going to be just a, an incredibly fun hockey season. I think everyone around these parts certainly deserves it. And hopefully we'll enjoy it all and make the most of it. Um, Remo, before we go, and I know we do have to get out because we're up against it. Uh, I've seen some hilarious Urban Meyer shots in the chat. And uh, how bad of a day did Herb have yesterday? Having to face the media after getting busted on social media, well, by people that were in his bar, taking pictures of him getting grinded by a hot young co-ed and putting a couple of fingers where they absolutely didn't belong. Um, well, what's interesting, and I'm just going to get this tweet. I believe I sent it to you a little earlier today. Um, Mike, was it Mike Tanier? Michael Silver has a thread. Um, I'll just read a few of this. The Urban Meyer situation in Jacksonville has reached a crisis point, especially in the locker room. One player told me, quote, he has zero credibility in that stadium. He had very little to begin with. Uh, and then players were particularly put off by the fact that Meyer canceled Monday's team meeting as he dealt with the uproar over the videos of him and a young woman getting cozy in the bar. Quote, he even canceled the meeting. He was too scared. And um, he said he only apologized to position groups individually. He portrayed the woman in the videos as a random person who was just there dancing. Suffice to say, the audience was highly skeptical. And another player said, we looked at him like WTF? Right when he left, everyone started dying laughing, and he knew it. It's bad. I don't know how he's going to function. Urban Meyer, 0-4 in his first year with that huge deal with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Shad Khan, the owner today, said that it was unacceptable behavior, and this is an absolute mess. And maybe those rumors of Urban taking off and going to take that job at USC uh, that was vacated a couple weeks ago. A little more legs today as uh, he's trying to get as far away both from Ohio where it happened and maybe Jacksonville as well. I'm not sure that he even lasts the year, to be honest. Yeah, and I was thinking, you know, him getting cozy with a woman who's not his wife at a bar. I mean, uh, maybe not the worst thing, but it's, first of all, there's a there's a, com- a 
long list of things that Urban Meyer has done. Like, I don't know, not going home with the team after a game, not going on like the team plane. Is, Pat McAfee talked about that yeah. yesterday. He goes, I've never heard a coach, NFL coach, do that before. I mean, it, it's, it, it's, it's a mess right now. And they need to figure this out because you can't waste, you know, a couple years of Trevor Lawrence getting his feet wet in the National Football League as your franchise player with a guy that's not going to be around, that's heart not, that's heart's not in it, or that's not capable of commanding the respect in an NFL locker room that, you know, your head coach needs to do. And apparently that ain't happening right now with Urban Meyer. So uh, anyways, the trials and tribu- tribulations of Herb will be followed on this program. Not as closely, though, as your Jets, your Bombers, and all of your local teams. Big thanks to Kevin O today for coming on. It was great to chat with him today. Don't forget, he and Brian Munns will have the calls of all the ice games on 1290 this season. Tomorrow night, their broadcast begins at 630. Of course, the Jets going on and um, everyone still talking about the turmoil around the Bombers involving Kenny Lawler. Um, you go to bluebombers.com, as Ed Tate said, a full story coming up. And I know Jeff Hamilton, who was on the program yesterday, has been all over it as well. Uh, hey, big thanks to all of our sponsors. Our newest, Culligan Water, great to have you on board. See them over at 1200 Sergeant. Manitoba Battery on Logan Avenue, getting you charged up for the winter. You can check them at manitobabattery.com. Royal Sports. At Royal Sports Pemina on Instagram, the Superstore is at 750 Pemina Highway. Princess Auto, shop 24 hours at princessauto.com. Our friends at Little Brown Jug, make sure their Instagram right now, their story, now that it's back online, lots of good stuff on the return of the Black Libel beer, as well as an event going on at the Taproom this weekend. Our friends at Boston Pizza, Not Auto Corp, Canadian Club, and our friends at... DQ, Nick and Nikki DQ with four locations. It's blizzard weather. Get out for that. And of course, Cool Bet Canada. Uh, we'll get ready for Jets Flames tomorrow night. The latest on the Bombers as they prepare for the Edmonton Elks. A look ahead to week five in the National Football League and much more on tomorrow's Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Thanks to Michael Remus and thanks to all of you in the chat for joining us live on YouTube and everybody listening on podcast. Have a great night tonight, folks, and we'll see you tomorrow on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Oh, my God. Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.